Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, Cody Jansen. Am I on air? What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to episode 33 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast presented by CST Tires. We have a star-studded lineup on the show tonight where we'll cover everything that happened at Lake Sugar Tree, give you some insight into ATV racing from the past, the present, and into the future, and so much more along the way. Joel Hetrick needed a win in the worst way, and he completed a perfect day at Lake Sugar Tree. We have the reigning champ coming right up to talk about yet another imminent battle between himself and Chad Weenan with just five motors remaining. We'll get into some pro stock talk, which so many of you have wanted to hear, and so much more with the champ. Then we have former pro rider turned Team 969 team manager, mechanic, trainer, and whatever else you want to label him as, Travis Moore coming on. His rider, pro rookie Logan Stanfield, may have been the second biggest story coming out of Lake Sugar Tree, where he earned his first career pro class top five finish. Travis is full of so much passion and has turned into a true staple of the industry, so I'm stoked to have him join us. We'll complete our coverage of the last event before welcoming on our next guest. We'll briefly talk about his 50th career podium that he earned at Lake Sugar Tree, but there's an even more important topic to discuss, of course. A few weeks back, Thomas Brown stunned the ATV racing world when he announced that he'd be calling it a career at the end of this season. We're going to get him on to ask him what led him to making such a difficult decision, take us inside his thinking, and see if there's anything left that he'd like to accomplish in these last five motos of what's been a very successful career. Finally, our last guest is going to be a key player in the future of ATV motocross. The last time we had Max Lindquist on, he had just won the season opener in Pro-Am, his 450cc national debut. The 16-year-old has now reeled off six consecutive Pro-Am overall wins and wrapped up the 2020 Pro-Am National Championship last weekend at Lake Sugar Tree, with two events still remaining. We'll talk to Max about his season and get the inside scoop on when we can expect to see him make his AMA ATV Pro Class debut. Can't wait for that. What a lineup tonight. I truly believe that this may be the most informative and insightful show we've ever done. So get ready to dig deep. But first, let's hear a quick word from all the great sponsors that make this podcast possible. Thanks to our title sponsor, CST Tires, csttires.com. The Pulse MXR tire is the best tire on the market no matter what the terrain. Join the CST takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Thank you to Motorsports Powerhouse and show sponsor, Yamaha. We are proud to be partnered with the winningest manufacturer of the past decade in ATV motocross and the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. The Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast's Team Blue Crew. Thank you, Yamaha. Check them out at YamahaOutdoors.com. Thanks to another member of Racing Royalty and longtime sponsor of my personal racing efforts, Valvoline. For over 150 years, Valvoline has been dedicated to innovating and improving your riding and driving experience. The world's oldest oil company still leads the charge with unrivaled products and lubricants. Thanks to Team Valvoline for coming on board. Thank you to SSI Decals. SSI Decals is the decal choice of champions everywhere and is synonymous with the best decals and graphics kits on the market. Their track record speaks for itself. Champions choose SSI Decals for unmatched look, 
and quality. Thanks to those guys. Check them out today at SSIDecals.com. It's an absolute honor to be partnered with Wienan Motorsports. We all know him as one of the toughest competitors ATV Motocross has ever seen, and Chad Wienan has built quite the business within the industry as well. The same products he handpicked to help him win six AMA ATV Pro National Championships are available to you through Wienan Motorsports. Simply put, he sells what he races. So head over to WienanMotorsports.com to see everything they have to offer and use promo code DIGDEEP to save at checkout. Thanks to Chad Wienan and Wienan Motorsports for further legitimizing everything we're doing here at Digging Deep. It's an absolute honor. Thank you to DID Racing Chain and the 520 ATD2 X-Ring Chain. Team USA, Joel Hetrick, and myself trusted DID's unrivaled chain quality all the way to championship victory this past season. Wherever you go, go with DID. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and keeping costs affordable to gold. This Michigan-based family operation is here to push stereotypes and limitations while recognizing riders' desire to showcase their identity with eccentric colorways and crazy patterns. Gripped is driven to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. Get a grip on life. Check them out at grippedgloves.com. That's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save. Thanks to the Decker Training Facility. The Decker Training Facility at County Line MX is now open. This premier motocross training compound is located in beautiful Fountain, Florida, a short 40-minute drive from Panama City Beach. Their rapidly growing facility consists of a pro-level national track, amateur and youth tracks, woods loop, and mountain bike trails. Everything you need to train comfortably all winter long is available on site, including private cabins, a full gym, RV hookups, bathhouses, garage, dump station, wash bays, and more. With accommodations for riders across the country and around the world, the Decker Training Facility will help you become the best rider you can be. Sign up for a group training session or a private lesson with nationally ranked pros. Train tougher, smarter, and harder this off-season at one of Florida's most luxurious facilities. For more information, go to DeckerTrainingFacility.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Decker Training Facility, your elite training experience. Thank you, Namira Technologies. Namira, Pistons with an Attitude. Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side markets since 2001 with their wide array of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits. To purchase, visit your local dealer or online at Namira.com. That's N-A-M-U-R-A.com. Also, a big thanks to Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been the industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. Whether it's electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, suspension parts or bearing kits, Bronco is your hard part source when it comes to whatever you need for whatever you ride. BroncoATV.com Thanks to 4Works Carbon for the continued support. Known for their hoods, seat covers, array of carbon parts, and so much more. 4Works is your one-stop shop to give your ATV a new and improved look with increased function this year. Head over to the social media pages or website today. Thanks to 4Works Carbon. Thanks to DP Brakes, the unquestioned leader in motorsports and power sports braking. DP is the brand responsible for allowing Joel Hedrick, your host Cody Jansen, and so many others to outbreak the competition every time they hit the racetrack. It's never too late to join the team, so act fast. www.dp-brakes.com Thank you to Mountaineer Brand. If you know me, you know I love my... What the? Hey, that's my line. If you know me, you know I love my beard. That's why I treat it right with Mountaineer Brand's all-natural washes, 
oils, balms, and more. Use discount code CODYSFAVE in all caps. That's C-O-D-Y-S-F-A-V, CODYSFAVE in all caps at mountaineerbrand.com. We're thankful for our partnership with Factory 43. Since 2007, this racer-owned company has been striving to offer a quality product that installs easy, looks good, and holds up over time, producing bumpers, grab bars, nerf bars, and other accessories. For 2020, Factory 43 is the aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing Honda team, providing riders like Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Chris Borich, and Grayson Eller with their motocross and cross-country versions of Evo Nerf Bars and MX Style front bumpers. Head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of products, thanks to Factory 43. We are proud to be partnered with Bike Strikes and Quads, LLC. Bike Strikes and Quads, LLC was started by former racers selling three-wheeler parts out of a barn in upstate New York. Now 10 years later, BTQ LLC has over 40,000 new and used parts in stock, but they haven't forgotten their roots, still offering used OEM parts for three-wheelers, dirt bikes, ATVs, and side-by-sides. Parts are in stock and ready to ship with guaranteed delivery within three days, including free shipping on orders of over $50. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for $10 off of orders $50 or more. We're grateful to have Bike Strikes and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Support our industry's small businesses and thank you BTQ LLC. We are proud of our partnership with Roman Health. On average, Americans are forced to wait 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform to connect you with a licensed doctor in your state from the comfort of your own home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy will ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. Plus, there's no commitments and you can cancel any time with Roman. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. Thanks as always to Evans Waterless Power Sports Cooling. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track. When conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save at checkout, evanscoolant.com. Thanks to Blender's Eyewear, whose life and forward motion brand is the perfect fit to partner with our podcast. You won't find better shades for a more attractive price anywhere else. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save on the trendiest shades on the market, blenderseyewear.com. Thanks to Avocado Green Mattresses, the Avocado Mattress offers zoned back support with an internal support unit, meaning whether you are recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you are experiencing next level comfort. With a 100 night sleep trial, free shipping and return pickups, and a 25 year warranty, getting your Avocado Green Mattress could not be any easier. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. From our new partners to our original sponsors, thanks for supporting the number one podcast in ATV racing and making this dream a reality for both us and our listeners. We pride ourselves in partnering with only the best brands inside and outside of the industry so better your riding experience and your lifestyle by supporting the sponsors who support us. And if you enjoy the show, the best thing you can do is support our partners. If you're interested in becoming a partner of the show, shoot me a message or email today for more details. We are running a discounted partnership rate to assist small businesses, so message or email us today to keep your brand relevant.
Once again, thanks to all of our sponsors. All right, guys, I want to start this thing off with a bang and welcome our first guest of the night, brought to you by SSI Decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. This guy stole the show at Lake Sugar Tree with literally a perfect day. It's your reigning pro-class champion, Mr. Joel Hetrick. What's up, buddy? Thanks for coming on. What's up, Cody? Happy to be back on. Uh, talk about a really good weekend I had. And, uh, you know, new venue, too, which was super cool to be there. And, you know, it just worked out to be a good weekend with no rain. And, you know, well, the rain that we did have didn't really hurt us too much. So just a solid weekend. Yeah, well, first of all, congrats on the big news. You and Carly announced that that your family will be growing. So so stoked for you guys on that. But, uh, oh, yeah, of course. But the, the on-the-track stuff was just about, like, just as good. The weekend was literally – as good as it could possibly be for you from fastest qualifier, two hole shots, perfect one, one performance for first overall. So um, I don't think it gets any better than that. Now that was a picture perfect weekend for sure. And that's exactly what we needed um, to get back in the hunt really. And, you know, after coming off three losses, it, I was actually, you know, I was not tore up because one of them, you know, was the mechanical, whatever, but still three losses is never fun. And, you know, to come back from, from that and pull off the one, one and the fastest qualifier, two starts, two starts were the main thing. I mean, that track, I feel like would have been tough to pass on, especially Chad, you know, it's, it's never easy, you know, battling with him on tracks like that. Cause we're so similar in speed. It's just hard to make a pass stick without getting dirty. And, you know, I was really fortunate that we didn't, you know, run into any of that. And, you know, I just, I knew pra I, I had to practice a bunch of starts before that race. And that's, that's what I did. And, it was a unique start too, going down that hill. So it just uh, really paid off for me to do the starts, and you know that's my type of track. So I, I felt right at home. Absolutely, we we all know what type of track suits your style the most, right? So um, from the moment we set foot on the property there, I knew this was a was a Joel Hetrick style racetrack. But talk about Lake Sugar Tree a little bit. Um, like, how did you like the the quote unquote country club of motocross? Because, like you said, there was some 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 uh, uniqueness to it, whether it be the start or you know, kind of going around this lake or whatever. But uh, like, I thought it was pretty good and. To be honest, yeah, like there were some spots that like maybe were a little narrow or whatever, but um, I thought it even seemed like more racy, I guess, than maybe it even looked to the naked eye. So what did you think about that new venue? I thought it was actually um, really racy, like you're saying. You know, it had a lot of split lines, a lot of options. You go inside or out, and they were pretty equal. Um, you know, in second moto, actually, Chad was running an outside, outside, outside on me um on one spot of the track and it it, it was working and I, I didn't couldn't figure it out I kept taking my main line inside hump inside hump and I could always hear him run up on me and I'm like what is he doing I just couldn't figure it out but uh I also didn't want to change lines because I was still you know leading with a little bit of a margin so it was hard to you know it's always hard to force yourself to find that line when you're in the front like I kept telling people I wish I had eyes in the back of my head so I could see what he was doing because he was on it and you know it it was a tough moto. Granted, it wasn't rough, but we, we pushed the, you know, raised the bar on that moto and just kept, kept pushing the whole time. It's, it's gnarly to see both of you, the way that you guys are able to push the limit. I really feel like, like it's a new level, even like every year. I mean, you guys are, are so gnarly right now. Um, so what section was that? Would that have been, was that like before that big tabletop thing, the, where you were going yeah. to the signal? 
Yeah. It's it's before that, but it's it's um so you you do the start, do the right hander, triple up, uh left, the speed double down, and then yep. right after you make the next left, there's a right and then there's a triple and then left at the top of the hill. Yep. Um and he was going outside on the first one around the hump and then you do the triple and then he'd run outside again. Oh wow. And yeah, I tried it in qualifying, and I'm like, I just – I don't think it's – the line wasn't there, obviously. And okay, yeah. The line formed um, in Moto2 really good, and a lot of people were telling me, like, yeah, he was just really fluent through the, through the outsides and was able to keep that speed up, you know, where I was jumping and landing and spinning, you know, until I hit the berm on both sure. of them. Yep. So, it just – stuff like that, you know, it made – he caught me there, and then I had pulled him on the other side of the track. I had some really good lines over there, good speed just we we mix it up battled it out that's for sure it's gnarly too because even watching you like the way that you did those signal the signal the sig singles gosh um <laughs> the way you were doing the the signals like sig singles why am i struggling with that You're, yeah that's struggle right now <laughs> so the way you were launching them though like it looks so fast and yeah. uh yeah so that was it's just crazy to see both of you uh pushing different the, styles it is. Sure. It is. It is. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I thought the track was really good and they were definitely um, weren't dealt like the easiest hand. I feel like no. with the amount of uh, rain they did get like leading into the week before and yep. then, you know, we got it on Friday. Um, so they definitely weren't uh, given like an easy path or whatever, but it kept getting no. better and better. And um, plus I feel like, and, and I feel like you're going to be on the same kind of page here, but I've said this time and time again that I'd rather go to a track with a with a owner or or whatever that is super happy to have us, yeah. rather, rather than going to just a big name racetrack that maybe um, I don't want to say could care less about the quads, but isn't going to prioritize ATVs. Yeah. Um, they won't put that extra extra effort in, which Ryan and his crew really did at Lake Sugar Tree. So you're, you're exactly right. I was so stoked to be there, and I thought Ryan and his crew did an awesome job. They worked their tails off for us, and you could feel like, and I don't want to maybe oversell it and put words in their mouth, but it felt like for them it was like their Super Bowl. And yeah. as as, um, as a series, I thought that that was a really cool feeling. Yeah, definitely. They, they definitely killed it, and were super awesome all weekend and, and leading up to the race they were taking advice and you know it was just it was cool to have that and to be back at a track where um you know smitty was a big part of the atv scene for a long time and he was uh, our referee my referee when i was growing up in the youth classes so to see that billboard of him sitting there at the track and, and just knowing the whole history of that place it was it's really cool to be there and, and obviously to grab that win it was it was cool i think he might have made it tough on his, his kid, you know, pet that rain shower down for him Friday. And, but, uh, you know, it worked out and he handled it well. So. Yeah. That, uh, seeing that cutout took me, took me right back to those same days. Um, yep. cause he would have been the referee too when I was younger and, um, yep, yeah, sure. it took me right back to seeing him there, but, uh, yeah, he didn't, uh, he wanted to make it a little, little difficult on Ryan. He brought a little too much uh, water down from the heavens, but I thought that, like, right. like I said, the track kept getting better and better. And, uh, yeah. So for you, I think the biggest thing coming out of Lake Sugar Tree had to have been the way you were able to cut the points gap down. Right. Um, you kind of, yeah. you kind of referenced it already. So with those two moto wins, you were able to cut into Chad's points lead. It's only seven points now with, um, with five motos remaining. So you have to be feeling good about that because even if you, 
you know, even if I guess you would have split, like you wouldn't have been able to make up ground. Um, you gotta mm -hmm. be, you gotta be feeling great about that. Yeah. Uh, going in, I knew like I had, you know, not that I had to do that, but this was my big opportunity to go to a track that I know suits me well. And, you know, obviously I worked my butt off before it and just, I would have no excuses going in. We did the bike, you know, everything was there. So everyone's expecting me to go out there and do what, you know, on paper math, like, like that's what I have to do. And, and to go out and do it was just, um, it was awesome. And, you know, it, it brought that fire back into me a little bit and there's some confidence going into three palms, which I've been to before. And okay. you know, I think, I think it's going to be a fast track too. It's going to be rough. It's Sandy, but you know, that's something we got to work on. We've been working on the bike a lot and, you know, I feel like it showed at Lake Sugar Tree. You know, granted it wasn't rough, but um, it was rough enough for you know what we did to help. And um, you know, motor package was good. It just was all clicking, and I, I was I was uh, definitely down on myself, like I said. But you know, I had a lot of fun in between rounds of Redbud and Lake Sugar Tree. Alan Myers was here. Uh, Hogue was with us, and we just had a lot of fun riding and training. And you know, I think that brought brought a little bit of that back to it for me rather than just grinding it out every day and, and doing the old, you know, same old, you know, it, yeah. it gets tiring and we've had an extended season too. So just, uh, there's a lot of work behind the scenes that can drain you, but you know, I just, I got that fire back and I really want to, I really want to win this thing again. I feel like, you know, 2018, I was cheated out of that one. It's anything can happen. Like I said, but it just really sucks. It eats at you, you know, and, uh, I really want this to be my third one and I'm gonna work hard for it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like as soon as, uh, you know, you kind of get that fun back or whatever, um, that's obviously a good thing. And, you know, you knew what you had to do and being stuck in your mind for all that time can be a crazy place too. So to have some yeah. people kind of spice it up, uh, I don't blame you there. But I mean, this didn't get a lot of coverage, but it was, I mean, like you said, it wasn't necessarily a must win, but it kind of almost was because had mm -hmm. Chad had Chad won those motos in Virginia, the ball wouldn't have been in your court anymore. You could have won out and um, still lost. Right. And if he was second the rest of the way, um, you know, you would have still came up a little short. So um, you have to feel good about making it happen when you're when your back was up against the wall. And I feel like um, obviously not at a pro level, but, I, but, you know, like I even know that feeling of like when you're kind of face some adversity or whatever, I feel like when you get that goal, even if it's even when it's building to the main goal, like this yeah. weekend, it's like you appreciate it probably that much more, right? Like yeah. if you just go out and you have a perfect weekend, but it wasn't like absolutely dire needed. Yeah. Uh, I've had like, it's probably like, yeah, I won. Yeah. Like I expected to win, you know? And like I, I knew I could have done it, but right now it's like I yeah. needed to do it yeah. and I did it. So it's just, it made it that much better. And, and it made, you know, the ser the series more interesting for everyone. Like it could come down to the final two motos like it did at Ironman. And Again. it very, <laughs> it's very well, probably will like regardless it's going to. So yeah, um, that's, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And everything changed when you suffered that DNF in the first moto at Pleasure Valley. You know, like you said, Chad went on a three race winning streak. Um, you needed a weekend like this. So it's seven yeah. points now and, and you and Chad have both been either first or second in every moto this season, except for one each. So if you guys both go one, two in the remaining five motos, that means that you have to win four of the five motos to defend your championship. But, uh, you know, if you keep getting these starts like you 
basically always consistently do, especially this weekend. You've proved that weekends like this are definitely achievable and you got to feel good about uh, going forward. And I didn't realize that you had been to Three Palms, but even just having that experience maybe in your back pocket has to help. Yeah, definitely. I was actually, um, when they, when I heard about them going to Three Palms, I kind of smirked. I was like, okay, cool. You know, I, I don't know. I'm sure Chad's been there. He used to go to Splendora back in the day. Sure. Um, I'm sure he's probably made it over there, but I just, I know I've been there. I know the layout stuck in my brain and um, I think it's going to be another good weekend. It should be a really good weekend for uh good, you know, battling. Uh, I feel like there's going to be a lot of, a lot of racing at that track. Um being that I just feel like it's a fast track. I don't know if it's changed much, but you know, it's just, there's a lot, of, it's jumpy and it's fast and um, bowl corners, this and that's got a hard base to it. But I, for some reason, I think it's going to be really good racing. And I, you know, like you just said, I got to win four motos. That's, it's a big task. And it's like, everyone was like, Oh, you made it look easy. Well, I'll tell you that it ain't never easy. And that whole second moto, I made one mistake and I was like, he's going to pass me. He's going to go right around me. <laughs> I was like freaking out, but, um, you know, just try to maintain after that and pick that gap back up. But I know, you know, he's working hard and, and I'm working hard too. So let the best man win like we did, you know, last year. And that's, it's be true grit here in a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like you, you kind of mentioned there, I mean, it's a new stop on the tour three palms, but, um, things are going to be even kind of more different with that double header thing. Right. So, um, with the kind of normal Saturday program, uh, one time qualifier, one moto format on Sunday. It'll definitely be different. How, I mean, how do you feel about the, the doubleheader thing? And does that change your mindset at all? Like you can, you could make up, you know, you can make up more ground in one weekend than typical. I mean, is, is that in the back of your mind at all? Or is it just kind of business as usual? Yeah, no, it's um, obviously first when I heard about it, I was like, that's perfect. Like I, I really need this right now for, for any hope of, getting back in the championship race and that was before Lake Sugar Tree so you know now looking at the situation obviously I'm, I'm super pumped about it um you know it's going to be different because I talked to Harv a little bit and he explained how we're going to be doing the schedule and we're going to be qualifying in the morning um like eight o'clock or something with practice or right after practice and then we'll be in the schedule for for racing so that's going to be different. Um, he said if he can get times, he'll do it. But it's just, you know, I, I did that one pro stock race on Sunday. And yeah. you're pretty beat on Sunday. Like, after a pro weekend, I don't care what they say. Like, if, if you'd be the baddest dude ever, you're still going to be sore on Sunday. Sure, yeah. So, yep. that, that's going to put a, you know, you know, put a little, I don't know. It's going to be tough because depending on how the track is, you could be extremely sore. And, you know, depending what happens to anyone, like, if you go, you go down or whatever – like it just could be a stressful weekend, but I'm hoping, you know, just come out the first two motos strong and obviously try to win, win all three that weekend and go home a happy camper. But yeah, that would um, be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, it's, it's, it's interesting because my mind kind of went to like what they're talking about with the dirt bike stuff and like um, how Redbud has that double header coming up and it's a few days apart, not back to back days like you, you guys, but yeah. Um, you know, they're talking about like, well, does, do you not cook yourself in the first one? Because, you know, you have a, a race coming up in a few days. So then I'm like, well, I mean, pro like, that's probably not what you think about in this scenario, but <laughs> yeah. like, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know. So uh, it's kind of unprecedented. I can't remember a time where 
where you kind of did a back-to-back kind of date, yeah. maybe WPSA or something, but you wouldn't have been pro then. We were kids then. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Now doing a double header, do 18 plus two is like, they're, they're no joke. So yeah. Um, I'm going to do everything I can to be prepared for that, obviously. And, and just go, go with it as, as I normally do business as usual and try to go out there and start the weekend strong with a moto one win and go from there. But you know, yeah. like it's, it's not always that easy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're always going to go to win. Texas will be, will be no different, but, uh, you kind of referenced it there. So I'm going to ask about it. Um, we haven't had you on since you raced the pro stock thing and did all that. Can we, can we talk about that at all? Or would you rather not? Because uh, we can talk was, about it a little bit. I was blown away that, that, that you did that, that you were out there. I couldn't believe when, uh, when I saw you roll by that morning, I'm like, what? Like everybody I think was talking about it. So, oh, yeah. so yeah. Uh, like, how did that come about? Uh, well, I don't know, really. Um, David and I were talking about the team owner, uh, Phoenix, and he just thought it'd be fun to do that. And we had a connection to get um, a Suzuki from one of our riders on the team, Chris Boric. He's, he switched from Suzuki to Honda. So yep. Yep. it was it was really easy for us to get a machine. And he was like, well, if you want to do it, we got this one here we could get. And I'm like, yeah, why not? We'll try it. Okay. So we got the red plastic on it. Looks good. Looks like a Honda, whatever. And you know, he had the, the call with Honda and Nate, they said, what well, you know, it's okay. Um, so okay. there's no, no hard feelings there. Um, but we just went out and first round Georgia, we didn't have the baffle in. Um, no one, no one said anything, but until after the race, Thomas was like, Hey man, like, I didn't want to say nothing before the race. Cause I didn't want to, you know, sound like a complainer, but, okay. um, you, you're, you're going to have to run that baffle. And I'm like, Oh dude, I, I, we didn't know. Like, it wasn't okay. like we went out there like, okay, we got the bath while we're going to kick ass, whatever. Yeah. Like, we, we honestly, honest mistake, didn't know. Okay. So we slap it, slap it in for, uh, for Muddy Creek and, um, you know, just lost just everything that bike had. No, no power at all. The thing after two or three, uh, it would heat up so bad. It, it felt like it was blowing up okay. and I, I'm not even joking. Uh, Jody Bateman took it. He was trying to do a little tuning on it for us and, he threw it on a dyno and he's like, it's showing like the intake temperature was so hot. He said the bike's so hot that the head pipe was glowing red after a few dyno runs. He's like, it's just getting slower and slower. Oh and my gosh. There was just nothing he could do to unrestrict it other than take the baffle out. And, and that's against the rules. So uh, I just opt out of it. I'm like, I'm not going to go push that to its limits and have it blow up or something on me and me crash my brains out. No, just, no it, it, it wasn't worth that. It was fun. And I would, I would love to race that class again. And we could in the future, we don't, you know, 2021, we'll see what happens. Uh, but just as of right now, that's, that was the best thing we could do. Yeah. That's actually super interesting to hear that. I was trying to be as respectful as possible. Like even in the shows after that, cause everybody's like, Oh, talk about, you know, talk about the pro stock class, talk about the Suzuki. And I'm like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't even going to go as far as to say it was a Suzuki, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I'm like, you know, it's a red machine kind it's of just, thing. Yeah. So, the red unit. Yeah. So uh, yeah. wanted to be respectful in that way, but uh, that's cool that oh, for sure that they were all on board and uh yeah that was it was fun while it lasted um, it really was I, I had a blast and it, yeah. it sucks because it looks like 
you know, to everyone else, I pulled the freaking hole shots on all of them. So it looks like the bike's fast. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm telling you guys, it's not fast. I can't even, I can't compare with them going down straightaways. And, and okay. I'm like, I'm just wide open, ringing it out. And it's all it had. And, well, cause um, you won the opening moto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was without the baffle. So. Okay. Gotcha. It, it, she, she runs night and day <laughs> without that baffle. And let me tell you. Okay. Um, but. You know, that was a rule they had in place. And, you know, obviously the, the machines they're running are, are very capable of doing really well with what they got. So mm -hmm. that's just something we were dealt. And we didn't really – we didn't look into that, obviously. We just thought we're going to have some fun with these guys. And, right, yeah. and we did. We did. But uh, well, it ended. Well, because in my mind I was kind of like, Joel isn't cool with anybody else going out there and winning any other pro class that isn't him, right? So I'm like, he wanted to find a way to get in the pro stock yeah. class. And, I was like, uh, I got to go out there and see if I can do this. I uh -huh. need to I, – I think I can win on a sock bike. That's what I kept telling everyone. I think I could do it. They look fast, but I'll run with them. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was that. definitely fun while it lasted. Oh, uh, that's cool. I uh, It's actually, like I said, it's super cool to get that, that insight uh, – so, so yeah, that's cool. Um, sure. yeah, yeah, that's your defending champion, AMA ATV Pro Class defending champion, Joel Hetrick, who's put himself in position to defend his title. If you can muster up a few more strong performances here down the stretch. Joel, thanks so much for, uh, for getting back on the podcast here with me. It's always an honor. Thank you for your time. Good luck the rest of the way. And, uh, yeah, we can't let, wait to kind of watch the, the two former champions of the class duke it out. So thanks again. Congrats on a, on a perfect weekend at Lake Sugar Tree. And uh, good luck the rest of the way. I just can't thank you enough. Thanks, Cody. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be back on and uh, definitely want to talk soon. All right, pal. The champ has spoken. Thanks again. <laughs> thanks, man. Joel Hetrick, everybody. He was good, wasn't he? I love how truthful and open some of these guys are with me, and Joel is definitely one of those guys. What an awesome guest. That perfect day was just what the doctor ordered for Joel, and that had to be the biggest storyline from Lake Sugar Tree. But our second biggest story had to do with this next guy and his rider. Let's get him on. All right, guys. Up next, we have a very special guest, former pro rider turned team manager, mechanic, trainer and overall jack of all trades brought to you by gripped gloves because no one wants a bland glove say hello to team 969's travis moore what's up buddy thanks for joining me yeah absolutely man it's my pleasure so excited uh back here in west tennessee right now seeing the family it's been a busy year and crazy with all this covid and and everything that's going on but uh just glad to be out there grinding so yeah brought to you here from west tennessee yeah, I like it. You uh, got to be riding a high right now, I would assume. Um, and I've wanted to get you on for a while here. And I figured that there was no better time than the present because behind Joel's dominant performance this last weekend, your guy may have been the next biggest story coming out of Lake Sugar Tree. Team 969's rookie rider Logan Stanfield claimed his first career top five finish in Virginia. So I imagine that uh, you guys got to be stoked. Yeah, I mean, uh if you could see it now, I got goosebumps on my arms and my legs just just hearing that because it's uh, it's unreal sometimes to think about it, and, and I'm so passionate about it because I know uh, the effort and the work that's been there from as far as me, him, uh, the sponsors, the the families, just all the support in general. The work has been there. Just it, the cards haven't fell right, and we all know that's racing, and it just hasn't been there. So it's been so frustrating. So for this weekend to work out the way it did, 
uh, yeah, like you said, you just knocked out the park. You talked about it and gave me goosebumps. Yeah, I, and that's kind of where I wanted to go with this because um, before we dug too deep into this weekend, I wanted to preface it by going over Logan's season a little bit because it started off super strong with two top tens at the opening races and then a 12th at Muddy Creek. But in reality, he crashed running sixth, which was super impressive late in the first moto. And um, that kind of seemed to kick off like a, uh, just a, a period there where it was a streak of bad luck and you guys suffered some mechanical issues and such over, over a few races that, that followed that muddy Creek incident. And then, um, but I guess throughout that, like I kept saying, even on these shows, like Logan is a top 10 guy. He was super solid. It just, the box score wasn't necessarily showing it. So, um, then, you know, like I said, he's clearly been a top five guy. Then at Lake Sugar Tree, he puts the ATV racing world on notice when he um, breaks into the top five. So I have to imagine that the grind of the, the last few months probably makes what happened this weekend that much sweeter for, for your whole crew. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, um, man, I mean, we started out to where we – you know, we was, we're top 10, but like, you know, this is, this is our goal. Let's go to Daytona. Let's be top 10. Let's go in the next round. Let's be top 10. Let's just stay humble and be where we feel like we deserve. And that's, and that's what we knew. Like, Hey, it's our rookie year. This is where we are. Uh, and then obviously past that, you want to move forward and go, now we know we can be top 10. We're believers of this. Now let's go for this top eight, you know, top six. So I know, you know, deep down, I'm, I'm a realist, and, and I call shots like they are. And we are a sixth, seventh-place rider any given day. I yep. believe that. We put the work in. It's there. Uh, when the cards fall right, we could be that fifth, fourth-place guy, just like any other rider out there could be. But the work that's been put in and the reality of being a rookie, like sixth or seventh, man, what are you talking about? That's great. Yeah, but I know yeah. that's where we belong. And unfortunately, like you said, we, we've had issues. Um, you know, maybe we haven't been as humble as we should have been at times. We pushed the envelope a little bit as far as uh, maybe fuel and performance or whatever the case may be. I mean, we have a great program with Moto Experts and uh, myself. We, we work hand in hand and, and Rob Stanfield, he's completely on board with you know, whatever it takes there for Logan. He, he just wants the best for him. So that's what we've been trying to do. But maybe we've looked too far outside of the box and we should just stay back and been humble a little bit. And we've, we've created an issue uh, for ourselves or for Logan, so to say. And, and unfortunately that's, that's sidelined us at times. And, and it sucks because you put all this work in. It's not just that race. It's from November of last year, October of last year. And then it's after Christmas, you're traveling to wherever you're going to be training. And it's all the preseason stuff that people really don't see that, that puts so much passion into what you're talking about that we've seen this past weekend. Absolutely. And when you talk about where he fits, like consistently, even through, you know, kind of that bad streak, he was still, he was that rider, you know, like I said, he was sixth at, at Muddy Creek there late in the race when he kind of hit a berm or whatever and crashed. And um, throughout that, like, he was still riding in that six, seven, eight range. That was his speed. So um, yeah, then the cards fall right this weekend and he busts into the top five, but like he still 
I don't know, we'll, we'll get into the motos here, but like, he didn't even make it easy on himself, you know, like you guys earned it. So um, if you, I guess if you break this last weekend down, because like I said, for me, this is, you know, if this isn't the biggest storyline, this is probably the second biggest storyline coming from last weekend. And if you break it down moto by moto, um, both of them had very different narratives. It's been talked about at nauseum, like you kind of were just saying it, how good it is to be six, seven, eight in this class. It's been talked about at nauseum how stacked the the pro class is this season. And um, like I said, in that first moto, Logan didn't make it easy on himself because he basically came out last. He was 15th when he crossed the line after the first lap of the of the opening moto there. But he hung in there. He kept his head down. He continued to, to, to fight for positions. And I look up at the end of the moto and man, he's in the mix. He gets all the way up to seventh. And yeah. at that point, like that was his best moto of the season, his best finish of the season, and uh, which wouldn't last long. But I got to believe that when you guys got back to the truck, you had to be like, dude, you just need to get a start. Yeah, absolutely. And we went back and we done, uh, we done some research there. We, we watched the video and we know what he did wrong in the first start. It was a weird start for everybody. I mean, I don't think there's been – since I've been in motocross since 2002, I think it was, I've never seen that steep of a descent right out of the start or a downhill start to the right hander. So I think it was new for everybody. And it's hard to replicate that and practice that. So yep. Logan's always been very strong at starting, and, and we put a lot of work into our gate preparation. And he willied out of that hard. And, you know, he was – you know, bent elbows like you should be or whatnot, and he went to transition back, and then he got slung forward. I mean, if you watch the video, his chest almost hit the front of the handlebars. Like, he had to be one inch off the front of his handlebars when he should have been shifting to third. So that first motor, like you said, was a learning curve for us, and when he come around that first lap, all I told him was to do is breathe plenty of time. You know, and most of the time, people fall apart. They're mad. Their heart's beating through the roof. They're upset. Like you said, you come across the line, you're 15th. Like, what do you do? Right. Most people freak out, and Logan's done it before, but that's how much he's maturing. He kept his head down, and he, he took a deep breath. He stayed loose. He stayed calm, and he charged. And he capitalized on every corner, every obstacle, and everybody else's mistake. And then, like you said, before you know it, he was in the middle of the mix. It was crazy. Like, um because I, I watch Logan, he's one of the guys that I really zone in on during these races. And at the beginning to see him, I didn't obviously at the time know exactly what happened on the start, but I knew he didn't come out that well. And mid race, I kind of check in and, you know, he's getting, you know, he's like top 10 ish. And uh, man, by the end, like I said, he just, there was carnage. It seemed that that first moto was crazy. There was stuff happening everywhere. And he just hung in there and chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, comes away with that seventh. And then like, uh, like I said, I mean, really even me, like, I was like, man, if he gets a start, like this could be interesting. And uh, like, that's exactly what he did. He got that good start that he needed. You guys come out, he comes out of the, the gate in the second moto, um, basically behind the, the, you know, the big three, the three current legends of the sport, Joel, yeah. uh, Chad, and Thomas. And, um, you know, Logan basically latched on. We, we kind of discussed this, I guess, before I hit record on this thing, but mid race, um, Logan has got Thomas in his sights yet. And I had said to the crew around me, I'm like, 
you know, Logan is a first year pro and that dude ahead of him is a 12 year pro. And, um, to still have him in his sights at the mid race point is amazing. And very quickly, cause I'm like, okay, like this could be, this, this could be as they're distancing themselves, this could be top five in this moto. And I'm doing the math and I'm like, man, this, this actually, this could be top five overall. And, uh, and instantly my mind flashes back to him being at the back of the pack in the first moto. And I'm like, this would be amazing. Um, so, you know, Bryce, was on a mission. He ended up getting by him. Um, and, and Logan finished fifth in that moto, but he pulled fifth overall. And, uh, man, that was, that was amazing. So take me inside your emotions, kind of break down that moto for me and, uh, then take me through your emotions as it's playing out, as you realize that this is going to be a top five day and, uh, then take me, you know, through your emotions at the end of the race when you guys embrace each other. You know, I felt like in Logan's heart, he, he kind of wanted to make some more changes that I wasn't comfortable with. I, I felt like I knew what needed to be done. Uh, so we made those changes for the first moto and and we discussed more in the pits and we were satisfied with that seventh, don't get me wrong. Completely satisfied, but there was still more. So then we made even another change for the second moto and, and on the gate, like I get all hyped, dude. I get excited. <laughs> like I'll sit there, I'll be yelling and, and slapping him in his back and it probably gets on his nerves at times, but I just get in the moment. I just, I remember what it was like and it's all the work that I put in. He puts in, like, I remember that. So I just get hype and I just remember telling myself, this is the day, prove yourself. You know, that's, that's it. Everybody's been like, you know, oh, well, you know, Logan's doing good. No, no, Logan's going to do great. We just got to get every card to fall right. So that's what I told Logan that day. Let's prove ourselves. And so, like you said, the gate drop comes out fourth, and you talk about emotions. I stood there at the gate, and I come around. I see him come around the corner, then all of a sudden I see Joel triple, Chad triple, Thomas triple, then I see Logan triple, and the rest of the field did not triple. Yep. And I said, we're in this blank. <laughs> mm-hmm. I knew it. Like, we were – this is – that was that turning point to where – my emotions took an all-time high because I knew we were there. Yeah, you know? and, and even Logan said that. He's like, when I was able to send that triple, it was just the four of us that were able to send it. I was like, okay, we're going to distance ourselves. Here we go. That's what he told me. So, um, yeah, so that was, I mean, what a start. I can't even imagine the, the emotions there. Yeah, so he came around the first lap. Uh, I just told him, now breathe. That's all mm-hmm. the pit board said, now breathe. Okay. He, he knows what needs to be done at this point. This is repetition. We've been over this, right? Muscle memory. He yep. knows what needs to be done at this point. So all I said was now breathe. Because that's the most important thing as a rookie to be running fourth. And like you said, pacing somebody in, in the likes of Thomas Brown has uh, got to be huge for Logan. It's huge for anybody. But for Logan to know he's pacing somebody like Thomas Brown, like you said, it's, it's a veteran in the sport at this point. That's the only thing I wanted him to do at that point was just breathe and kind of calm down. And yeah, yeah, because it's easy to let it get away from you. You, you, like things will snowball if you're like, oh my god, I gotta go. You know, this that, and the other thing. Like, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, he and and that's the thing that stands out to me about Logan, probably more than anybody else, 
in in even in the rookie class is man he just looks so solid it would be very easy to mistake him for a third or fourth year pro so um and he he used that obviously in the in the beginning of that of that second moto so uh continue on yeah so there's somebody that's that's uh that's very special to our team that's that's uh called him the methodical man and i believe that's perfect for logan okay uh, to call him the methodical man because he, <laughs> he he's methodical like just like you said he he really thinks things out he's not gonna be that that first person to send that big quad or hit that big triple yep. you know he's gonna step back and make sure that people you know make it clean a few times and he's going to which is perfect like i've told logan that was never me i mean you know me back when i rode i'd be the first <laughs> one to try stuff yeah. And I was always on the stretcher in the ambulance. Like, that's not the way to be. So, mm-hmm. Colin Logo, the methodical man, I think is is a go, like a, a next game's gold ward. You know what I mean? Like, that's perfect. Like, yeah. What else sure. would you want? What else would you want to be? So, it it's not hard to coach him on to being calm, so to say. I mean, I think the first couple races when he come out really good, like, and on your pass was one of them. Yep. Uh, he kind of got caught up in his emotions a little bit and, and done that, oh, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in the mix. And I think he tired himself out a little bit. But now he knows where he belongs. Those guys don't intimidate him anymore. Even though he still looks up to them, they just don't intimidate him. Like, he knows that where his position is. So this weekend just proved it, man, of, of what he could do when he puts his mind to it. And, and that's what I told him also on the pit board. I'm like, prove yourself. Yep, I saw that. I saw that. Actually, um, I don't know who was around me, but somebody was like, did you see that pit board? Travis just said, prove yourself. And uh, that was uh, that's cool now to hear that you guys emphasize that kind of all day. Um, and, man, did, did, did – Yeah, that, that was like the halfway point, I believe, if I'm not yep, mistaken. It was and about – yeah. Cause I know how hard that was getting for him. I mean, you know, this, this stuff gets hard and, and it's so hard. And, you know, I told him, prove yourself. And in the next lap, uh, you know, I capitalize on it. You are strong. And that's what I tell him when, when things get hard, you just keep talking to yourself and tell yourself you are strong. So I put prove yourself in the next lap is you are strong. And uh, that's it. Cause I believe in him, man, uh, fully or, or I wouldn't do what I do or, or sacrifice what I do as well, but he's got it. And I was so pumped to see that he finally proved himself. Yeah, I thought that that uh, was so cool. I can't think of a more deserving kid. Um, you know, he just, he just looks the part, you know, he looks the part. And um, so then I guess you didn't get into it too much, but take me through your emotions after he crosses the finish line because you were stoked i was standing right there kind of watching it go down so uh so give me some of that and then i will say too before i let this get too far by i think that you being so emotional and passionate about it like as a rider you feed off that you've been the rider you know what that's like so um you're kind of just fueling the fire that is his you know his uh just his like his race day spirit and everything that comes along with that so um you being you i think really really helps um, you know, him as a rider kind of just uh, let it all hang out, I guess, or whatever you want to say. So take me through all your emotions that happened after after he crossed the finish line. Yeah, so uh, just what you said, I, I hope he feels my emotions, man, because uh, I'll tell you, like even right now, it can almost get me like teary-eyed just even thinking about that moment. Because when 
his last lap, you know, like I said, we all get caught up in the moments and we may say things we should or shouldn't at times. And, and there's people even in my family that don't appreciate it, but <laughs> I put hell yes on his last lap. Uh, just strictly out of emotion and, and I'm all about the kids and the sport and, and trying to be professional, but that was my emotion. And just as I posted on Facebook, I'm not going to hide it. Right. That's, that's what I felt. And I had nothing else to, to write. I mean, I couldn't run out and hug him on his last lap, <laughs> Right. you know, as much as I wanted to. So I just put hell yes. And when he crossed that finish line, Oh dude, I had tears in my eyes. I mean, just straight tears in my eyes, the the emotions that I felt. I mean, I'm almost feeling them again right now. It's crazy. And the first person that comes over is Billy Cottage and shakes my hand and, and gives me a hug. We're longtime friends and, and competed together way back in the day. And and I just remember everybody fist bumping me and telling me congratulations. And it was just still, it's like, you know, it felt like we won a national title again. Like it was so surreal that all the work that he put in finally come together so it was just it was amazing I don't know what else to say it was you know I couldn't even hardly talk to people they wanted to tell me like congratulations or good luck like I almost felt like I'd start crying like yeah. it was just so emotional man to see that the work and, and most people don't even know uh just a week and a half prior to this race we were in the emergency room Logan took a nasty crash in practice nasty you know, and laid there on the ground for a while. And it like he had a tennis ball on the side of his foot. And, it, you know, we didn't know what was technically. I thought, well, it's, they're saying it's not broken, but it's very possible. Once the swelling goes down, it may be broken. And, you know, we're all bummed out. Don't even know if we're going to make the race. And so Wednesday before the race, we decided to go ride. And Logan's like, I mean, I think my foot's going numb, so it's really not hurting. So I think we're good. Like, <laughs> Well, I, I mean, yeah, yes and no. Like, I get you're not hurting, but you say your foot's going numb. And so we were just so unsure on this weekend. And it was like the most prepared weekend because I'd put so much time in the race bike. We'd done so many changes and we'd done so much preparation. And then he went out and crashed. And then we're going into this race not even knowing really what to expect. And then all of a sudden we have this outstanding performance i mean he'd done nothing but gripped about the bike from the first qualifier to the second qualifier it was one of those weekends where you know I, logan will listen to this i love you death logan but i wanted to wring his neck like <laughs> everything was complained about every he complained about everything okay we were trying to figure out the right setup you know and it just didn't seem to be working but when the gate dropped for the first moto it worked and then the second moto it got even better Oh, sometimes I feel like that does happen too. As soon as it's like race time and you just stop thinking about everything else, it just, it just kind of clicks. But um, you mentioned him, I read that social media post and I completely forgot about that until now that he had that nasty get off that he referenced because even the post was ominous. Like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, we're going to try to be back. We're going to try to be ready. And I didn't even realize how bad it was. So um, yeah, I never even, never even thought about that, but talk about those, the lowest of lows was there and then catapulting you know kind of to the highest of highs that you guys have felt so far that's um that's that's amazing so i guess you've referenced it a few times i also don't want to go without mentioning this but you've referenced a few times 
Um, and most people will probably remember you first as a rider. You contended in the Pro-Am classes for many years. You, you raced the full Pro Tour in 2011. You finished ninth in points that season um, with your best finishes being two sixth and a fourth at Redbud that season. Logan currently sits tied for 10th in points. He's coming off a fifth overall late in his rookie season. Very similar to you. Your, your two seasons look eerily similar, to be honest. Um, and at the moment, you have the edge by a smidge. So do you hold that over him at all or, or use that as motivation or will you now? No, we just, uh, I use everything as an experience, man. And, and somehow to move forward because the, the moment you quit learning, uh, you're a fool, right? So every day is yeah. a learning curve. So everything I've been through, whether it's the good or the bad, I want to tell Logan about, I want to tell Logan about the bads. I want to tell Logan about the goods. Uh, that way it's a building thing for him because I want him to overcome everything I've done. And if he doesn't, then I feel like I failed again because I went as far as I did. Uh, whatever the reasons, circumstances, or support that was there, I went as far as I did. So I'm still blessed to be in this, and I want him to go even further. And I want that to be because of something I did. So anything I can give him or, or, or shed light on something is what I want to do. That's what it's all about is just helping the people that are coming up in the next, the next bit. Yeah, I love that. I love that outlook, of course. Obviously, I was, I was semi-joking, but it does have to help that, you know, uh, both of you, it has to help both of you knowing that a decade ago, you were literally in those exact same shoes. Yeah, it's, re it's really cool to think about. Like I said, I didn't even really know those complete stats um so that's super cool to even know or, or to think about but yeah everything now is about it's about logan it's it's about getting him through the season as safe as we can and as successful as we can and yeah i mean it's it's starting to turn around a little bit like i said i wished the things hadn't happened that's happened this year we've had some dnfs but uh i've always been taught that everything happens for a reason so I'm not real sure why those things took place, but they did, and it's made us stronger. Absolutely. I think to take experiences like that and add them to your bag of tricks, um, the way you have to look at them is that it's a, it's a learning experience and um, you're going to grow from it. So. Travis, I have to congratulate you, man, not uh, not just on this weekend, but you've built quite a program over at 969. You guys have won titles both with Logan and Alan Myers. You led Alan Myers to a great rookie season um, as well for him, and now you have Logan looking like he could be a key player in the sport for years to come. You guys have been killing it, and, uh, man, you just got to be – you got to be really proud of that whole program that you got going. Yeah, I, I can't say enough about it, man. I've, I've been really proud of uh, of them all. Like I said, I've had uh, from Allen to Logan to Zach Decker, uh, Cole, Cole Woolenweber is on board for a while there. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's just, it's been good. And I'm, I'm glad they've been able to do it and done it. Uh, blessed. And I'm thankful for all of it, man. It, whether, what, whatever the storm weathered, man, I'm, I'm proud of all of it. And, and it's all worked out in, in the way it should have. And everything happens for a reason. So I'm very proud of what's took place and, and how it is. And, and we'll keep moving forward. Absolutely, man. I love it. And it's super interesting, too, because, like, you look at, you know, I, I guess I didn't even realize until I looked it up that your pro career only lasted one year because I remember you so prominently in Pro-Am for so many years. But, um 
like to, to, to think about, you know, maybe you only lasting one year in the pro class and then, you know, not being able to come back or whatever the circumstance, but now you've been around it still for so long. It's like, you still found a way to be a key player in the sport for all this time. I just think it's really cool. And it's cool. Um, it's interesting how like the path isn't maybe how you thought it was going to be a decade ago, 10 years ago, but you're still in the sport. You're still enjoying it. You're still, you know, able to take, you know, all of the values and, and knowledge and growth and all these things that you have and trickle it down to these younger riders. And I, I think that that's a, a really honorable thing. And uh, man, you're just a great personality in the sport. And uh, man, that, that's why we had to get you on here. I just wanted to harness some of that emotion and all the stuff that you embody. And uh, it uh, really adds to, you know, adds to, to what I got going here. And I really wanted to offer that to our listeners. So, um, you know, I think it's uh, everything, everything that tries Travis Moore is about. Um, I think uh, I'm all about that too. So I really appreciate it, man. Like you said, yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those things you, you work your, your heart out, you know what I mean? And back then you had to go through Pro-Am and earn so many points to get your pro license and I did it. And uh, unfortunately I got in a really bad wreck in the, the first of 2012 and I went under some wrist surgeries and, and had some things done. And then before you know it, uh, I'm riding for Polaris up in NEA TV in 2012. Then all of a sudden I'm running snowcross, which was completely crazy. So I'm racing snowcross. Then 2013 and 14, I'm riding for Can-Am up in NEA TV. And yep. it's, just what, it's what made sense there. I wanted to be in the Nationals, but at that point, it's what made sense with Can-Am. They're paying you. You go to where they want to pay you. You know, my heart's always been in the Nationals. Uh, but I, I still have a big spot for the NEA TV and I love them. I think they're doing big things up there now. And so I, I appreciate what they're doing there. Anything that anybody's doing in the ATV industry, I appreciate. But yeah, unfortunately from what's 2004, it's when I fully committed to the Nationals. I worked all those years for just one year pro. Um, like you said, kind of, kind of sucks, but you know, I got pushed a different way. And I made my career run out to 14 and at 15, I started my team and I'm still blessed to be here now. Yeah. Like that, that's the interesting part to me, even. Um, that's why I was hesitant to just say a one year pro career because I, I remembered very prominently the NEA TV thing and you doing well up there and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's just interesting. It's interesting how the path all works out and that uh, you're still, you're still in this thing and loving it and helping, uh, you know, like kids like Logan that are in your exact same shoes like you were 10 years ago. So um, again, pal, I just can't, can't thank you enough for joining me here on the podcast. This has been a lot of fun. I'd love to get you back on sometime and talk about your career, your younger, younger years a little bit more. And uh, that's something I'd really like to do, but um, I just, uh, man, I can't thank you enough for joining me. Congrats on a huge weekend. And obviously we're wishing you guys the best the rest of the way. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. It's our pleasure, and and I uh, really appreciate what you're doing, man. You're you're killing it. You're really turning a bunch of heads, and you're definitely helping the industry. So, if anything, we all need to thank you, and we appreciate what you're doing. All right, Bill. I well, obviously, I really appreciate that. But uh, yeah, let's get you back on. I'd like to plan on that, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. We're always pulling for you guys. Congrats, and. Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we want to see see more of Team 969 and Logan Stanfield up front. Thank you, sir. Thanks, pal. We'll get right back to the show 
But now, a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. Before Digging Deep was even a reality, back when it was just an idea, CST Tires already believed in us, which is fitting because no one believes in their tires more than I do. Our title sponsor, CST Tires, and their Pulse MXR tires continue to hook every rider strong enough and willing to grab a handful of throttle after mounting them on their ride. Used by Thomas Brown to win races and clinch a third straight Quad Cross of Nations title, Nick Janusa when he grabbed his first career pro-class podium, and myself, Cody Jansen, as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to a 2019 national championship in the Junior 25 Plus class. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit csttires.com to join the CST Takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Anybody that I've gotten to try them, I've heard nothing but positive things back. We're proud to be Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Why choose Yamaha? Look no further than Chad Wienan's six championships in the past eight seasons aboard his Yamaha YFZ450R. Not to mention Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing and their support of this podcast proves it. For the 2020 ATV MX season, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program will offer payout and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more information, head to YamahaOutdoors.com and follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors today. All hail Blue Crew, the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time NHRA World Champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 chain. This patented X-ring chain boasts a steel alloy construction for reduced weight, increased strength, and a longer overall chain life, making it the optimal ATV racing chain. Pick up an ATV2 chain today at your local dealer or wherever DID chains are sold. Don't forget about their motocross, off-road, and street bike chains as well. 
Wherever you go, go with DID. Hello listeners, this is Chad Wienan, six-time AMA ATV Pro National Champion, an owner of Wienan Motorsports and proud partner of Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast. The two of us share a strong passion for ATVMX. Owning my own team gives us the ability to handpick the best products on the market for our racing program. With consistent testing, research, and development, we are confident that when choosing the products we believe in, our customers will be satisfied in building their own race program as well. We race what we sell. With brands like Fox Shocks, Walsh Racecraft, SSI Decals, Wrath Racing, and Henson Racing, just to mention a few, go to check out WeenanMotorsports.com to see the full lineup. Enter discount promo code DIGDEEP at checkout. Enough talking already. Get out and get some fresh air and go ride. Hope to see you at the track soon. We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits. Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. The Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2020 is no different, with an impressive lineup including AMA ATV Pro Class Champion Joel Hedrick and Phoenix Racing Honda Team, Cody Jansen and his 2019 Junior 25 Plus National Championship, Baldwin Motorsports, Nick Genuza, Wesley Wolf, and much more in the ATV motocross. In GNCC Racing, DP has 16 of the top 17 pros heading into 2020. This includes the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Chris Borich, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and more. These riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com. Purchase at your local dealer or message us for the contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Brakes. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. Forworks Carbon. Always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with the rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Grip's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. 
With comfort and quality as key motivators, The Family Affair is constantly working on the next more innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the gripped movement, because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com, that's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com, and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? Americans have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a licensed doctor in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. We are also proud of our partnership with Factory 43. Factory 43 was born in 2007, making Nerf bars for the Suzuki LTR, Honda TRX450R, and Yamaha's YFZ450. The brand soon added bumpers and grab bars and for years now has offered parts for all sport quads. The racer-owned company strives to offer a quality product that installs easy, looks good, and holds up over time. For 2020, Factory 43 is the aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing Honda team, providing riders like Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Chris Borich, and Grayson Eller with the motocross and cross-country versions of their Evo Nerf Bar and MX-style front bumpers. Head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of products. Thanks to Factory 43. We are excited to dig deep with the support of Bikes, Trikes, and Quads, LLC. Celebrating their 10-year anniversary this May, the company was started by former racers selling three-wheeler parts out of a barn in upstate New York. Through hard work, accompanied by offering great service to their customers, BTQ LLC now has over 40,000 new and used parts in stock. But they haven't forgotten their roots, still offering used OEM parts for three-wheelers, dirt bikes, ATVs, and side-by-sides. Parts are in stock and ready to ship with delivery within three days, including free shipping on orders over $50. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for $10 off orders of $50 or more. We're grateful to have Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Support our industry's grassroots businesses. Thank you, BTQ LLC. The Decker Training Facility at County Line MX is now open. This premier motocross training compound is located in beautiful Fountain, Florida, about a 40-minute drive from Panama City Beach. Their rapidly growing facility consists of a pro-level national track, amateur and youth tracks, woods loop, and mountain bike trails. Everything you need to train comfortably all winter long is available on-site, including private cabins, a full gym, RV hookups, bathhouses, garage, dump station, wash bays, and more. With accommodations for riders across the country and around the world, the Decker Training Facility will help you become the best rider you can be. Sign up for a group training session or a private lesson with nationally ranked pros. 
Train tougher, smarter, and harder this offseason at one of Florida's most luxurious facilities. For more information, go to DeckerTrainingFacility.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Decker Training Facility, your elite training experience. We are proud to be partnered with Avocado Green Mattresses. We all know that sleep and rest are an important part of any athlete's routine. Avocado's line of natural mattresses and pillows provide exactly the support you need to ensure you perform at your best while doing the best for the planet. The Avocado mattress offers zoned back support with an internal support unit, meaning whether you are recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you will be experiencing next level comfort. You can rest in peace knowing the components in your mattress and pillow are non-toxic, natural, and sustainably sourced. And getting your Avocado Green mattress could not be any easier. They offer a 100-night sleep trial, free shipping and return pickups, and a 25-year warranty. And if that wasn't enough, rest assured knowing they have 5-star ratings by verified customers including some of the Digging Deep staff. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. Okay, guys, we're back. So we've went over the two biggest headlines from the weekend. Now let's do a quick rundown before we welcome our other two guests. You heard from Joel Hetrick there. He enjoyed a perfect day at Lake Sugar Tree from fastest qualifier to ripping both hole shots, leading all the laps, and route to two perfect 1-1 motos. So Joel Hetrick cut into that points lead and... He's going to make things interesting down the stretch. It's going to be fun to watch this battle between him and Chad Wienan, the two former champions of this class. Chad Wienan, 2-2 on the day. He got into second in that second moto, and, man, he was impressive the way that he kind of shrunk the gap on Joel and then was matching Joel's times. Um he was impressive. He, I was almost impressed with him as much as I was with anybody because that's a Joel Hetrick kind of track. And I think Chad, he even kind of mentioned it to me. He was feeling good that he was able to run that kind of pace on a track like um, we typically associate with being a Joel Hetrick um, style racetrack. So Chad Weenan, he's still the the red plate holder he's still the points leader seven points ahead of joel with five motos remaining man this is going to be uh this is going to be a very fun battle down the stretch here between those two guys so that was one and two joel hetrick and chad ween and three three on the day was thomas brown so solid he was all alone in third um on this weekend something that we've seen so often throughout uh these last couple years really and um this was his 50th career pro class podium wrap your head around that 50 career pro class podiums for thomas brown 50 weekends where he put together you know podium efforts that's just amazing it really is an amazing stat so credit to thomas we got him coming up on the show and uh looking forward to talking about him um even a little bit about this race weekend then obviously um so much more to talk about with him Fourth on the day was Wesley Wolf. Um, he got fourth overall with four six scores, and man, Wesley was on a tear. He ran that clear fourth in the first moto, and in um, the thing that 
was kind of crazy about Lake Sugar Tree. That first moto was gnarly. There was battles going on all over the place. There was carnage, all kinds of stuff. So Wesley Wolf battled through that, was a clear fourth in the first moto, and then had to battle through the pack in the second moto, got up to sixth, and that was enough for that fourth overall. So um, that ties his career best. And, uh, yeah, good for Wesley. That was a very impressive ride. Um, So good for him. Fifth overall, you just heard from Travis Moore, his um, kind of lead man of the team there. Fifth overall was Logan Stanfield, seven in the first moto. And like we talked about, Logan was 15th when he passed the finish line on the first lap, and he got all the way up to seventh, and it was that was amazing. Like, I looked at the beginning of the race, I'm like, darn, you know, Logan's in the back. Um, he's going to have a long race ahead of him. And as things went on, I checked in about mid-race. He was hovering around the top 10, and by the end, I'm like, dang, he's up in the mix, gets up to seventh, and second moto, he comes out fourth at mid-race. He's running, you know, not that far behind Thomas. Like, on the longer straightaways, he was still seeing Thomas Brown, and uh, Bryce Ford was on a, on, a, on a tear in the second moto, so he gave up um, that one position, but he went a pro moto only giving up one position. He gave up one position to Bryce Ford, goes from fourth to fifth, finishes fifth in the moto. That earns him top five overall. That's his first career top five. So awesome to awesome for, for Logan. Awesome to hear from Travis there. And just a big congrats going to Logan Stanfield, a guy I definitely cheer for. Sixth overall was Jeffrey Rastrelli. Hard fought for him. Six seven. He fought his tail off in this one. And you know, just welcome back to Jeffrey. That is his best finish of the year, sixth overall, but um, just good to have Jeffrey back. You know, we know he's battling through some things and hopefully he can build from here because we know what he's capable of. Seventh overall was Nick Janusa, 5-9 for seventh overall. Um, Probably not the day that he was looking for, but... um, a good day for him overall because we'll get to this in a few minutes, but there's a window opening that maybe didn't look like it was open, um, I guess, even a week ago before Lake Sugar Tree. So we'll get to that. But seventh overall for Nick Janusa on the day at Lake Sugar Tree. Eighth overall was Alan Myers. Um, man, he was running fourth in early in moto one then third at mid race and i thought we were gonna see uh kind of him maybe push for that podium spot like we saw at daytona um i thought he was really gonna be in the mix there and it just didn't happen i told you there was carnage there was craziness in that first moto allen was part of that so he falls back he fights back to eighth he goes 8-8 for 8th overall. So early on, it looked like it was going to be a different kind of day for him. Um, But solid, solid day for Allen in 8th. And it's just such a competitive class. So um, credit to him for that. That's a good finish for sure. Ninth overall, Bryce Ford. So in the first moto, first lap, he gets stuck kind of uh, just off the main line of the track. He gets stuck in the mud. And he's literally a lap down. If you went to known better, you would have thought he was leading that first moto when he got going because he was just maybe a half a section or whatever ahead of the leaders. So he comes from way back. He finishes 14th in that first moto. There was just nothing he could do. 
But in the second moto, he was on fire. Um, he gets up to fourth. He passes Logan Stanfield, finishes fourth, 14-4, gives him ninth overall, and he's now clearly the fourth guy in points. So um, not the day that Bryce would have wanted, but being fourth in points now, he's clearly the, the number four guy, and he's kind of the leader of the other guys, as I put it in one of my writings for another media obligation, um, behind the, the three current legends of the sport, um, Joel Hattrick, Chad Wienan, and Thomas Brown. You got to put uh, Bryce Ford, the leader of the other guys. So ninth overall for him on the day, but good weekend as far as points go. Rounding out the top 10 was Wes Lewis, 10-11 um, for 10th overall. He's told us, and we've said it on just about all of these shows, that his goal is to be top 10 every weekend. So that's what he did, and um, he's sitting ninth in points. So good on Wes Lewis. Excited to see him up there. He's just a guy that I think we all all kind of cheer for. Cody Ford, he was 11th overall, 9-12 scores. That's his best overall finish of the year, and he won the pro the open pro class on Sunday. So good weekend for Cody overall for sure. Um headlined by that that pro mod um, win. 12th overall was Noah Mickelson. That's two consecutive 12ths for Noah that tied his uh, season best and, and career best in the pro class. So um, good for Noah. His brother Hayden was 13th overall. I think he crashed in one of the motos, or even if it was time qualifying, I think he got kind of pile drove into the ground. So either way, um, he might have been fighting through some things. So 13th overall for Hayden Mickelson. 14th overall was Brogan Geyer. I know he had some bike problems in the second moto. He had to pull into the mechanics area, and we saw the, you probably saw the pictures of that bike smoking. So um, he was fighting some bike issues as he has throughout the kind of season here, but he got an 11th in the first moto. So that was good for Brogan. 14th overall in the day, fighting those bike problems. Very similar story for Troy Hill. He had so many consecutive top 10s. He was so, so solid. But on this day, he had bike problems in both motos. He ends up 15th overall so um Troy will look to kind of right those wrongs with a couple races remaining and uh yeah not a not a good day for him in the box score but his riding was better than uh, than it shows because he was fighting some bike stuff sad story here 16th overall Brandon Hogue um he gets the almost gets the whole shot in the first moto comes out second behind Joel Chad gets by him and uh, then just in the early stages of the race there, he was, you know, set up obviously for a good, good race, good finish possibly. And he goes down in a little rhythm section before the finish line and takes a really gnarly crash. So we got an update from Brandon today. Um, he did get surgery um, on that, that injured hand of his, and he's going to go back into the doctor in the next week or so to get an update on how that surgery went. And we'll be able to update you more on the next episode. So at first I know that there was some, some other things really hurting him, whether it was ribs, back, um, some stuff like that. And he checked out on all of that and his CT scan first had all of those things checked out. So that's really good news. Um, maybe we can get Brandon on this next episode and kind of hear from him. But uh, great kid. He was having a great season. He was in the, the fight with Bryce Ford for that top four or five spot. Those guys were probably going to end up fourth and fifth. And uh, Brandon had that get off. And um, I think he was poised to finish the year really strong here. So that's a shame. I feel terrible for him. He's a guy I pull for. And uh, just wanting him to get back healthy and um, hoping we see him on a similar 
you know, similar program next year. I feel like he's a guy who was building. Um, he was better than last year. And I think that we're going to see him come out of the gates stronger than ever. I just, uh, truly believe that. So that's a little update I wanted to offer on Brandon Hogue, and um, we'll update you more as we go here. And like I said, hopefully we can get him on. And um, I don't know if he's going to be at Texas. Maybe we can even get him on to kind of co-host with me and talk about some racing. A couple other things to watch down the stretch here. With Brandon's injury, Alan Myers is now fifth in points with Wesley Wolf in six, just five points back. However, don't look now, but Nick Janusa, who, remember, has finished in the top five every year of his professional career in points, is now only 14 points out of the top five. So that's what I was kind of referencing um, before he was, you know, nearly 30 points down or whatever going into Lake Sugar Tree. That's a ton to make up, but. With Brandon being hurt, that kind of opens the door because Brandon didn't really get any points and it looks like he's going to be out. So he's only 14 points down now. So if he can put some 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 rides together, um, he could very easily find himself in the top five before this thing is said and done. So look, things were looking bleak for Janusa as recently as last week, but Hoag's injury opened that door for Nick and um, he'll look to, to keep that top top four, five point streak alive. Also at the moment, there's a three-way tie for the final top 10 spot between Jeffrey Rostrelli, Logan Stanfield, and Troy Hill. Jeffrey is coming off the best performance of the year for him, and we know what he's capable of, obviously, um, fighting for podiums, moto wins and stuff, so we'd love to see him get back to that. But that's kind of Jeffrey's story this season is he's been fighting some things. Logan Stanfield is coming off that top five that Travis talked about. He's been flashy but held back by some mechanical stuff, but he's been rock solid. And Troy Hill, speaking about rock solid, um, with all those top tens before the mechanical demons of this last race, but he was solid with top 10, top 10, top 10 week after week. So they all have a kind of a different story, but they find themselves tied in the points with five motors remaining. So that should be a fun battle to follow here um, in the stretch run of this season. Two of them may end up in the top 10 with Brandon Ho going down with injury. We'll see with that, but that should be a fun fight to follow. In the pro stock class, Chad Weenan won again. He's won every event all season now in the pro stock class. And our next guest, Thomas Brown, was second with Wesley Wolf, who followed up that fourth overall on Saturday with a third overall in Pro Stock on Sunday. He rounded out the podium. Speaking of Thomas Brown, let's get into this next interview because I can't wait any longer. Enjoy. All right, guys, we're back with a big-time guest who dropped a bombshell on the ATV racing world a few weeks back. Brought to you by Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, and DID Racing Chain. Here's a current legend of the sport. Say hello to Thomas Brown. What's up, T. Brown? Thanks for joining me, man. Uh, pumped to be on here again, man. Uh, always enjoy listening, and man, I think this is just great. I think you're bringing a whole lot of media to the ATV MX community, and man, I'm pumped to uh, be a part of it. Well, I appreciate that, pal. We'll uh, we'll talk about the stunning news in a moment, but first, I have to congratulate you on a, a fifth podium this season at Lake Sugar Tree. Tell me about your weekend a little bit. Another another strong performance for you, for sure. Yeah, it was a solid weekend. I'm I'm happy with it. Uh, the week leading up to it was pretty rough. It just things didn't seem to go right the week before. So, honestly, getting into there and getting out there with a third was I was super stoked on. I was not so happy with Chad and Joel. Uh, you know, leaving me like that, but you know, all in all, I'm, I'm happy with the third. I'm pumped on it and looking forward to the races. You know, it's, uh, 
anytime on the box is a good time and I'm always excited for that. It's sometimes you get caught in the moment and I was like, man, that's kind of embarrassing. Chad and Joel just dropped me, but man, they, they were on a, they're in a championship battle and we all know that seems to take you to different levels. I'm hoping to, you know, these final few rounds find that level and maybe mix it up in their battle a little bit, but, and they, uh, they both deserve the respect that they, uh, that they've gotten by being in that championship battle. Yeah, I think the class as a whole right now is so damn fast. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to be said about you for getting, you know, third in a class so stacked and, you know, you kind of leaving the rest of the field. So I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of uh, credit is due there. But, um, you know, how was the, how was the track? Because we talked on Friday a little bit. I thought it ended up being maybe more racy than, than you and I originally had talked about. Um, we were kind of talking at the time that it reminded us of some of the old WPSA tracks, maybe of 2006, 2007. And I found myself thinking about that all weekend as, uh, you know, as the, the, the weekend kind of played out. So I was impressed with Lake Sugar Tree as a whole and even more impressed with the hard work and the, and the care that the staff gave there. So uh, what did you think about the experience there and, and the track that they gave us? I think our experience there was great, you know, as far as, man, the effort the guys put in, they had a cool band all night, which, you know, wasn't my cup of tea, but it's really cool to see that stuff. As far as the track breaking down, I don't think it got a fair shake. And that's, it's nothing to do with the track workers, promoters, nothing like that. The rain they got Friday and what they had to deal with, they did their absolute best and it was a good track. I think if we go back, I think it'll be even better. I think the split lines will be better. You got to remember, this is their first, like, full-on quad race, from what I understand. And they were trying to make it good with some option lines and stuff like that, but they didn't get a fair chance to play with those options because they didn't have Friday practice. So, And uh, throughout the weekend, the track kept getting better. Friday rained out, obviously, or somewhat rained out. Uh, Saturday, it was muddy at the beginning of the day. It, it formed up pretty one line because it was really hard to make passes. But there was options. You could uh, – you just had to make a little bit of contact. And then I raced Sunday on the Stalker, and the track was even a little bit better. I wish – I wish the whole weekend could have been moved forward like a day and we had Sunday's track on Saturday or even Friday and then just – I think it would have got better. So I think if they get another opportunity to have an ATV National, I think everybody will be even more – stoked on it and I think they have an idea of what we need and like I said man ultimately the crew and everything did a great job and those are the promoters we need is the ones that keep wanting to improve and make the tracks better and help grow the sport yeah I could not agree more this is very in line with the conversation we had the other day and you're exactly right I thought the track kept getting better and better and uh, it was just cool to see a, uh, a track um, and the ownership group and the, you know that whole deal um, it was cool to see them take uh, you know take it so seriously but but uh, prioritize the ATVs the way that they did so I thought that that was really cool um, and, and yeah, like you had a, another, another good race. So congrats to you again on that, but uh, we got to kind of address the elephant in the room. Um, you dropped a bombshell on the ATV racing world when you announced that these, you know, last few races would be the conclusion of your professional career. So um, let's just dive right into that. Take me through that decision and what ultimately led you to deciding to, uh, you know, that this would be the end. Man, it was a lot of factors went into this, and it was a very hard decision. The ultimate reason and the biggest question I've been asked is kind of like why. And the why is just the fact that uh, I'm 30 now, and it's time for me to 
to, to start a career. And I've absolutely had an amazing career in ATV racing. I love it. I've made a great living doing it, but it's not enough to, you know, future plans and something I can retire off fully. So I need to start looking at a job that, you know, helps me retire and have a future, I guess a future after racing even, but a future in its future as a retirement and just all that stuff. Uh, I've always told people, you know, I live a great life. Me and Brandy do good vacations and we have a blast, but we're not putting away money for the future. And that's where I kind of got to look at is I might not even in the next few years make the money that I made racing, but eventually it'll start being put away and start, you know, looking, putting money towards the future. I mean, at some point me and Brandy want a family and stuff like that. And if I was younger, I w we could have a family and we could get married racing. But at this point, it's just strictly ultimately my age. It's I'm 30 years old now. And I think it's just time for that next step. And, and I know a lot of people, you know, continue to race and I, I just don't know if I can do it halfway. So that, that being said is it, it was time for me to step away just fully as I, I just need to step away from racing. I don't need to come race part-time or anything like that. It needs to be a, a clean step. And I guess to add on top of it is I've accomplished a lot of my goals and I'm, I'm very proud of my career. Absolutely, man. I feel like, uh, feel like it's probably, you know, I, I know that that's a, that's a difficult decision. I mean, I'm no Thomas Brown. I didn't have a 12 year pro career, but I do know the feeling of closing that, you know, the book on that chapter of your life and, and it's not easy. Um, but you know, however, like this, this past weekend, you know, you earned your 50th career pro class podium, uh, 50 weekends, you earned a podium spot on the grandest stage in ATV racing, which for my money puts you squarely inside the top 10 of greatest ATV racers of all time. And yeah, like it's, it's, it is like, it's tough to end that chapter because I'm sure like, it's not like that you don't love it. I feel like that's kind of where you're at with this is um, your love for it hasn't changed. You and Brandy both have, have, I'm sure loved this lifestyle. This is all you've ever done, but I totally can feel it. Cause I can, I can, you know, I can feel the feeling in your voice that it's more that you're just, you're planning for your family's future. You're planning to grow, you know, as a person, grow as a family, all those things. And, and you're kind of just trying to set yourself up for that, even though that's a difficult thing to do to step away from the, the sport and the life that you love. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do love the sport and I, I've had phone calls today, even, of the future of the sport and stuff like that. And even if I'm not going to be involved with it, this sport gave me so many opportunities and so many cool things I got to do. I, I can't say how much I love it. And I want it to succeed. And I, until I stop racing and even after then I'll, I'll be willing to help the sport in any way possible. But yeah, it, you're right. I do love it, but it had to be a hard decision. And it was a hard decision for Brandy too, because it was ultimately an, an us decision. We are getting married in the year. Grant, the marriage isn't really the isn't the reason we're stopping. We could easily race, but it's just the fact that we need to we need to start planning for the future. And I, I do want a family someday. And it just felt like the right time. I'll tell you a big thing I heard is uh, I know a lot of people they listen to a lot of dirt bike stuff. Is Ryan Dungey, after his retirement, asked Kevin Windham before his retirement, like when how do you know when's the right time to retire? And he said when you start thinking about it. And at the beginning of this year. 
I really, for some reason, just started thinking about my future and what it had holding and when should I stop. And then I kind of referred back to that. And I'm like, you know what? That really makes sense. It's the right time. If if he's right and Kevin Windham and then Dungy and they seem to be very successful in their own rights and you know they both love the sport in their own way, but they said whenever you start thinking about it, it's the time and man that just it seemed to really click for me and I knew it was the time but I didn't want to stop you know obviously midseason I just wanted to I want to finish out this year strong I really truly enjoy it and man I I'm, I'm like I said I'm stoked on it but I am happy to make the announcement and get it off my chest that it will be my last few. And I didn't want to just leave the sport without letting people know that beforehand because I do feel I need to let the fans know and everybody involved with the sport that, you know, this will this will be it. It's been a huge part of my life, and I kind of wanted to see everybody goodbye and not just necessarily, oh, one day I'm there and then next year I'm not. Yeah, you're 100% right. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of that same stuff. And, and yeah, like I, I just – I can feel – can feel the relief almost in your voice, right? Where um, it's kind of, it probably feels good because I don't know about you, but you often like think about like, how is that transition going to go? You know, like, how is it going to work? How I like, what's going to happen? I mean, when is it going to be time? And when it feels right, like the right time, and then you let everybody in on the decision, I just feel like uh, probably is a relief. So, um, you know, you, you you won races. You helped lead Team USA to three consecutive Quad Cross of Nations titles. The the fifty podiums is just ridiculous to me. You were rock solid for so many years. Um, I mean, it's it's been a, it's been a hell of a career, buddy. I, I like I uh, I just um, I think it was easy at times to take you for granted almost, or, or like you were overlooked because you were just the solid third place guy that everybody expected to be there. But um, man, that, that's that, that number of podiums, all that great stuff. You truly were like acted as a team leader with the quad cross of nations stuff. And I just uh, feel like um, if you could go back in time and tell little Thomas Brown about the career that you would have, I, I, I assume that you probably wouldn't want to change much of anything. No, absolutely not. It's, it's a big honor, and I, I kind of breezed over it earlier. You said, you know, a top ten of all time, and, man, that would be – I, I have no clue what that would look like and who would all be in that. But for you to even consider me in there, that's a true honor. And, uh, man, I'm kind of speechless on that. But, yeah, if you told myself when I was young what I, the career I would have, I would be overly stoked on it. It's kind of funny because I think maybe I missed some stuff is – when I was young, I just wanted to be a top pro. Like, that's just what I dreamed of. I didn't necessarily look at the champion. And for some reason, that just didn't stick out to me. I don't know if it's because I didn't race all the nationals from a young age and wasn't a part of it. So, like, being a champion wasn't necessarily, like, this huge deal to me. But just being a top pro and be one of the best in the world and definitely the best in the U.S. was just a dream line. And I feel like I accomplished that. And that was ultimate deal. And then as I got older – or I guess not older, but over in my career and started becoming, I started like, okay, I want to become a champion. Like I want to be, you know, this is before I even went pro. I, I do want to be a pro champion, but the ultimate goal was always just to become a top pro. And we made that happen. And then the, you know, obviously the goals expanded and I started looking, you know, trying to better myself to be a champion, but ultimately I'm stoked with my career. There is the championship goal later on. I do would have been awesome. It's, it's basically out of the question now. 
There's one more goal that I would like to see happen. If it does, great. If not, I'm still stoked in my career. But I've always wanted a 1-1 finish. And it's just something I don't have. I have moto wins. I have overall wins. I just – I never had that day where I went 1-1. And that's – if it happens in the next – well, there's only two rounds left that that can happen. Yep. So if that happens, it'll be absolutely amazing. If it doesn't, like I said, I'm still stoked on my career. I'm still stoked on everything I put into it. And I don't, I don't think at any point I'm going to look back and say I didn't leave anything on the tables. I, I honestly feel like I worked hard. And, yeah, there's, sure, there's different things I probably could have done here or there. But I think I always put my heart into it the best I could and the best I knew how to at the time. And ultimately I'm, I'm very satisfied with that. Yeah, 100%. I, I love to hear that uh, you kind of are at peace with uh, with everything that's went down. Like I said, I think it's a legendary career, to be honest. And um, yeah, that's kind of where I was going to go. You know, there's five motos remaining. Um, and I wanted to know what would put the cherry on top of, of such a great career. Um, but yeah, I think so the one one day, I'm assuming comes from basically like wanting to be the, the just the clear-cut best guy that day am I right yeah for sure it's just it's it's very hard to come by and I'll tell you even now is uh you know Chad and Joel have been at top of sport for a very long time it's no nothing hidden from nobody I'm very real about that as they've always had my number and I some days I can compete with them but even Chad said, I don't remember, I remember which race it was. I can't speak right now. But even in his post, he goes, wow, it's been a long time since I've had a 1-1 day. And I think it was Redbud. Actually, it was Redbud because that's when he went 1-1. Yep. He's like, wow, that's been a long time. And I look back and I'm like, wow, like, you know, that's, it's kind of crazy because he's had so much success and so many wins. But for him to have that 1-1, kind of, that's, it's just that extra little thing that just, that day you were the best man. You put it together for two motos. And both motos, you were the best. It's, I think it's just something cool that if you could have on the resume or having the, the record books, it would be really cool. And, yeah, it's definitely something that uh, would be awesome to have. But, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty uh, – I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to – you know, these last few, I'm not laying up by no means. And it's, it's going to be all out. But I'm going to go out there and race, you know, as hard as I can like I do every time I line up. So, if it happens, great. If not – I'm still going to have my head down and be pushing as far up as I can. Well, it would be pretty fitting if it could come at, uh, at the next event because it comes in your home state of Texas down in three palms. And, um, you know, it's another new stop on the ATV national tour. You know, you ride there periodically, right? So what can you tell us about that facility? Yeah, I've, I've rode there. Let's go. Uh, Probably about once a year. It doesn't seem like much, but we used to ride there a little bit more when we trained down at trained down in Houston, the Splendora, which okay. I spent like two winters down there. But even then, you ride this back river track normally whenever you go there to practice. And then the races they race on the main track. It's a good facility, man. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The track is sandy, and man, I love sand tracks. Everybody loves sand tracks. They get rough. There's always option lines. And I'm really looking forward to that. I think they're going to put a great event on. When we go there with our local series, I think the track sometimes could be beefed up a little, little bit. But I have no doubt that they're probably going to do that for the national. I mean, that's I'm talking about a local race to a national. You would expect more at any track. So I think it's going to be a great track. 
the track alone is going to be great. But if you add the facility in there and what everybody's going to come to this track, it's absolutely amazing. There's a wakeboard cable park on site. There's a river that's similar to kind of Loretta's behind it, which they've just recently kind of like cleared trees out and opened up so you can float down. Obviously, it's going to be hot and it's in, when it's in Texas in uh, August or even September. I mean, shoot, even October, it's still hot here. So right. everybody between on the track and off the track, it's going to be a great event. And I'm, I'm super stoked for it. I think there's going to be a lot of people that truly enjoy this race. And I think the track's going to be great. Uh, they have the equipment and the facilities there to make it as good as we want. So I'm excited to see what it has. And, man, I, I hope everybody makes the trip down. As Underground's been known for a lot of years as an amazing facility. And the track is hard to top underground. It's, it's probably one of the top three tracks in the country. But I, I wouldn't turn your back on this track yet. And come down, let's, let's uh, all go race. I think everybody's going to really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm excited, and uh, and I think it sounds like the the right kind of track, the perfect opportunity for you to kind of check off that last goal. Um, but you know, I guess we we know you leave it all out on the track every time, so you know I don't uh, don't expect anything different there. Um, but you know, like the last time we raced down in Texas. Um, at underground last year, you, uh, you got the win down there too. So if you can keep the kind of the Texas momentum going, um, maybe you can kind of click off that one, one day, that last goal and, uh, you know, it, it, to have it come at home at, at, a, at the home Texas race there probably would be, uh, would be pretty perfect. Maybe just the way you draw it up. Oh, for sure. And last year at underground, I threw away the one, one, like, there's been races where I I get a second and I'm stoked. But that first moto, I was pissed afterwards, and I came in second behind Joel because I gave it to him. Like, it was a mud race, and I I seem to always do good in mud races. I don't consider – I think mud races a lot of luck, and you got to put yourself in the right position, and it can go bad very quick. But it was a mud race, and I was – I whole shot it. I was out front, and I blew one corner, and Joel saw it. And, like, I, I pretty much remember it is that we made kind of like eye contact and we both knew it. And because I like kind of like hydroplane on top of this water and he shoved it in there and I pinned it back trying to get back into the line and we hit, but he had the inside and I was pissed afterwards, not because of Joel or nothing, just because it was my race. All I had to do is I could have went through that corner in two miles per hour and Joel wasn't going to pass me, but I got in my own head and was pushing and allowed him to get and blew the corner and let him have a mistake. And if I would have had that first moto, then it would have been my first one, one. But it would be ultimately fitting to, you know, get that result in Texas at Three Palms would just be awesome. Absolutely. I uh, can't wait to get down there and see how it all is going to play out. Um, it should be really exciting. And Thomas, you know, I can't thank you enough for jumping on here with me. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, to, to air what you're feeling, let people know kind of what you're feeling and kind of give them a little backstory on um, the whole decision. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like it, it was, it had to be a huge and very difficult one for you. Um, but it does make me happy to know that, uh, you know, you feel some kind of relief or um, however you want to put it, that you kind of got it off your chest. And now um, it's just all about focusing, you know, kind of on, you know, ending this thing as strongly as you can. And I think the coolest thing about all of this is that, and I'd been saying all season long on, you know, damn near every one of these shows that you're the best version of yourself this year um, than, 
than kind of you've ever been. I think you're the, you're the strongest you've ever been um, this season, you know, and it's been 12 long years. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of years that seemed maybe very similar. And this seems like the best version of yourself. And I think that that's a really cool and honorable thing to go out as the best version of yourself. I know you wanted to go out as a champion, you know, get that championship in your, um, you know, put that in your bag while, uh, you know, during your pro career here. But to end as the best version of yourself is probably the next best thing. And I think to, I think as an athlete, you kind of always want that, right? To walk away as like, if it's not on top, it's your version of on top. It's the on top of, of, you know, the best of your ability. And this is a little long winded, but I feel like I just wanted to give you credit for, you know, for, um, everything that you've done and to end this thing the way you have being so strong, I think is really special. It started last year and you've kind of brought it through this season too. Um, you just, you, you found something and you put that to the track. And I think that that's a really good way to, to go out if, you know, being that this is the end. Uh, I, I truly appreciate that. And it's, I'm, I'm stoked on the season and I'm, like we talked about earlier, I'm relieved to get it out there that this will be it. And ultimately, I'm, it was a very hard decision for both me and Brandy to make. I remember her tearing up whenever we finally posted it because I think she wanted to stay in it almost more than me. But ultimately, it was my decision to make. And it has – there's been tons of talk about why I'm doing it. And it's ultimately just looking at our future. And I, I feel it's kind of weird that it came on our wedding year because it's it really has nothing to do with our wedding. It just has to do with – ultimately my age and where I'm at in my life and I'm, I'm ready to start looking forward and I'm super excited about taking that next step even though I don't know what that is I'm just I'm excited for it but I'm really excited for these last two weekends and three rounds to you know end this and have a good time with everybody and I'm I'm, I'm ready for them I'm, I'm excited and I wish we didn't have this big long break right now because uh, three weekends off is gonna be hard but I'm ready to get back after it. Yeah, you know, um, I think it's exciting. It's going to be exciting when we get back to the racetrack. And, um, you know, I, you make it sound like you're not going to go too far away. Maybe we'll see you at some races in the future or, you know, whatever. But ATV Motocross will definitely miss you. Um, but you definitely last you've, – you've left a lasting – imprint on this sport that will remain long after you walk away. So um, kind of on behalf of the entire ATV motocross community, you know, we can't thank you enough for all you've done for the sport over the years. And, uh, you know, we just obviously got to congratulate you on a, on a great career and wish you, you know, good luck the rest of the way. And um, I look forward to getting you back on this thing after your kind of season and career, I guess, has ended to dig a little deeper into the earlier you know, days in your racing career, because, uh, you know, I think you got quite the story to tell. Uh, I appreciate that. And I, I, I'll be honored to come back on and tell a little bit more of the story. It's, it's, I, everybody has their own unique story. So it's always cool to hear. And I've enjoyed the podcast. Cody, you've done great with this. And I, like I said, it's been a true honor to be on here. And man, you keep, keep pumping these episodes out and keep giving everybody the knowledge and giving the background between, you know, not only the podcast, but what, you do on social media and all the stuff you put out there. It's, it's absolutely awesome to see. I truly enjoy getting to watch and follow or listen and follow along, but man, keep it up and let's, uh, let's all go out and have fun. I got 
I got three more rounds, two more weekends, and hope to see everybody out there and really stop by and say hi. And, you know, let's, let's go out and have some fun. Absolutely. You're the man, Thomas. Thanks again. And uh, we'll see you soon, pal. We'll see you down in Texas. Uh, see you all soon. Good luck. Thanks for having me again, Cody. Thanks so much, pal. Thanks for the kind words. As the sun sets on Thomas Brown's professional career, it rises on another. Max Lindquist won again in Pro-Am and claimed the championship in dominant fashion at Lake Sugar Tree. We'll ask him, but the future may be now for Max Lindquist. Let's welcome him back to the show. Now, we had this final guest on after a win at the season opener, and since then he's reeled off six consecutive Pro-Am national wins. Brought to you by the folks at Yamaha and Wheaton Motorsports. Say hello to your freshly crowned Pro-Am national champion, Max Lindquist. What's up, buddy? Thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Cody. Really appreciate it. Uh, not too much. Just, uh, just been uh, having a, had, coming off a great weekend, you know? Not too much other else to say about it. Then it was awesome. Okay, man. Listen, so you're still only 16 years old. Your entire 450 big quad amateur career has consisted of zero losses and six consecutive overall wins at the highest level of amateur ATV racing in the world. I don't think you'll ever realize how difficult and impressive it is that you just accomplished because you made it look that easy. Yeah, I mean, to me, I probably never will, but just... (laughs) uh, just knowing like you know at all these years been looking up to all these guys in pro-am and stuff and now being able to go out and do what i did it's uh it's been a really cool experience and you know the whole zero losses thing like i don't really pay attention to that i i still i'm lucky enough to get to run that pro stock class with all them guys and i get put in my place every weekend on (laughs) sunday after saturday it's like oh we had an awesome weekend and then you go race sunday and get beat every sunday it's like well we still got a ways to go. So, you know, I actually, I actually did think about that. I'm like, you know, I wonder how Max feels because he puts on a show on Saturday and then uh, he's got to go race the baddest dudes in the world on Sunday on stock quads. And uh, maybe it's a little humbling, but I also was like, it's like the baddest guys in the world too. So when you're getting beat by Chad and Thomas and some of those guys, uh, you know, um, it doesn't hurt as bad. I don't feel like. Uh, I mean, I won't lie. I'm a competitive person. It still sucks to lose. Like it's not fun to lose, but it is the fact of it just to get to line up with them and know where you're at and get to just see their pace. And just the things like I've learned throughout the year, just following like Thomas and Chad, like the six inches they move over and the two bike lengths they gain on the turn because of it. Like it's been so helpful for me to take that and use it in pro-am. Like every weekend I feel like I learned something new in that class. So yeah, it sucks. You know, I come out third, fourth on the weekend. You don't get to win, but at the same time, it's in the long run, it's helping me so much that, I mean, I almost, I almost enjoy Sunday more than I do Saturday, just because you're lining up with the fastest dudes in the world on the same gate with them. Like that's just so cool to me. Yeah. I was going to mention the stock class a little later in the conversation um, for exactly that reason. Um, just, you know, I knew that being exposed to those guys, being on the track with those guys, you're going to learn so much. So, um, you led me kind of there already, but like, 
you're still doing well in that class too. I mean, you're third in points in pro stock and that's a really prestigious class obviously and you got the podium at red but it's a shame that there isn't an actual podium because you would have had that that opportunity to be on the podium with chad and thomas but uh overall like that stock class is such a cool thing and just like you said i feel like you can take so much that you learn there and then bring it to pro-am and and just putting that knowledge in your your bag of tricks i think is a big thing but all jokes aside i mean yeah i was i was as I was getting ready for this uh, interview, kind of going over it, um, I'm thinking, man, thinking about all the days in Pro-Am where even like, you know, I like felt like I got my tail kicked and I'm like, yeah, Max is never going to feel that. <laughs> oh no, I get it. Every Sunday it's like, man, what are they doing? You know, you just can't quite figure it out. Every Sunday you get that feeling. Yeah, well, I'm so stoked for you, pal. Obviously, on the championship, you've been impressing me more and more every week. And uh, actually, Michael Allred and I were talking a little bit that last weekend, and um, your name came up, and he's like, "Man, he's the he's the most mature 16 year old that I've ever ever seen or ever met." So, um, you know, you've had made an impression on on all of us, honestly, and even um, even me, who's kind of followed you for forever because we come from the same area. It's just the the growth and the maturity. It's like it's it's all happened so fast. It's it's incredible. So obviously, off the top, I wanted to congratulate you on your title. Um, so tell us about your season a little bit. I know ahead of time, um, you know, we talked about um, how Zach Decker got hurt, and that kind of opened the door for um, you know maybe a little more dominant season um, down the stretch. But tell me about your year a little bit. Yeah. No. I mean that definitely played a big role in it like this year just from the beginning um you know I I really had to grow up I took that year off and I think taking that year off just really allowed me to focus on this year specifically and just like grow up and know like all right I need to be I need, I need this is where I need to be and I just worked at it and then we came into this year and had a really good battle with Zach and then went into Tennessee and all, had a really good race there, kind of separated myself from everyone and then did the same at sunset. You know, um, Zach was really close all year. Um, I just, luckily, I, I think for me, it was more just, I was a little more comfortable at our pace and I didn't put as many mistakes in there. So I was lucky enough to get away with three straight wins. And then unfortunately, Zach ended up breaking his wrist in practice again. So with that happening, I mean, he really, that really helped me out. I mean, wasn't as, I, I will say it wasn't as great for our championship. Like, I think we had a lot more of those really tight battles like Georgia to come. Like, I won't lie, that is still like, that is the race of the year to me. That's my highlight because mm -hmm. it was so fun for both of us. Absolutely. Like yeah. Like, Comp competition is what makes that memory stand out in your mind, right? Because you had to work so hard for it. So I don't doubt that. I mean, obviously it was your first Pro-Am win, but you had to fight your tail off for that. And I'm sure that that's, um, that that's why that kind of stands out in your mind, I would think. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, first win, just the energy from that being our first race of the season, winning it and it being such a tight battle, um, definitely won that will never be forgotten like that'll definitely be the highlight of pro-am year but uh yeah i mean like you said competition just 
I mean, I think that's, that's what makes it so fun. You know, you come out to compete every weekend. So without having Zach there, you know, I was a real bummer, but still had some other uh, good, good races and stuff. Um, I mean, I, like our, my competition this year, no complaints. Like Michael Allred, like you said, like, love that guy. Like such a cool dude. I, I mean, for working full, full time, I mean, comes out and races on the weekend, like dude rips. So that's yeah, super does. cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just all around. I mean, I honestly didn't realize it was only going to take six, but with Zach um, having his little injury there, it allowed me to wrap it up in six here early. So, I mean, super pumped on that and uh, just looking forward to the future now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like we kind of talked about before we hit record on this thing, you guys are, uh, you got to count seven races. So you have to drop one no matter what. You got a big enough points gap that, yeah, you wrapped up that thing early, extra early. And uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive. So um, how are we celebrating this championship? More miles on the pedal bike or, or how are we celebrating? I don't know yet. I haven't really decided. It hasn't, all I hasn't really hit me yet. It's so early in the season that it is weird, right? It's weird that because you're like still in season mode because there's two races left. So I, I totally get that. That's kind of why I asked. Yeah, no, I mean, like I literally got home and Monday I, I was, I thought about like, you know, like I thought about maybe cheating the diet, like going out for dinner with the family. And then I was, that evening came and I was like, man, like kind of want to go for a bike ride. Like just <laughs> have a nice like pedal, like went did a nice like 25 mile pedal or something and I just cruised at my own pace like it was a nice off day but like I don't know just it was different like just pedaling and being like man like I already like I, I accomplished my goal like that I came into the season with like it was weird because then all of a sudden it was like all right now what do I have to work for like so now I've really just like geared up and I mean I've just started focusing on being ready to go pro like so now coming home, it's more of, all right, I got to start working out longer, riding longer. So I've just really been focusing on getting my like body ready to go pro. Sure. Yep. So. Yep. For, for sure. Yeah. Um, so how much do you, because obviously, um, you know, I, I can't imagine how much help it's been riding for Wien and Motorsports, having Chad in your corner and, and that whole deal. So how much credit do you give Chad and give um, Wien and Motorsports for helping you get here? Because just yesterday, Logan Stanfield even referred to you as the mini Wienan. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, props to that guy. Like the whole, his whole family, like they're like family to me now. I mean, he's taken me in and just, he's helped me everywhere. Like, like everyone says, like maturity, like everything, like he's taught me all that. Like he's really helped with just, my stupid little mistakes. Like I used to go out on a track and what was a sight lap? You know, I'm 16 years old. Like I, I jumped this before, like let's jump everything. Like just taking the time and saying like, he actually slowed me down in s some spots to make me overall faster. Like I used to make so many mistakes and just, we really worked on, he really just helped me with clearing up those mistakes. And I mean, we're still working on it. Like he'll still laugh at me. I still make mistakes every moto, but um, I mean, yeah, that Chad's came through with, I mean, he helped me with a diet this year. I had never dieted. I'd always done some sort of workout and stuff. Like I always played sports and I do like some pedaling on my own, but he really helped me this year, just getting on a diet program, like 
how to work out, you know, when, like, what's good for you, what's not, um, and then just ride together. I mean, I'd say that's probably been the biggest help is me and him get to ride together. I mean, we were down at Walnut the other day together, like, just, like, that one-on-one time is irreplaceable. Like, you just, not even, it doesn't even take him to say anything, but just being able to ride with him and study what he does, and then he gives you those few tips that open your eyes to so much more. Yeah, I can't even imagine. And I can, I can hear Chad in your voice almost, I feel like. And yeah, like some of the, even the intricacies of, of watching you ride, I feel like I can see some of Chad's riding style and just little things that you probably pick up on. So take me through a normal week. Like how often do you and Chad ride together on a, on a typical week in the season here? Um, I mean, it, not so much now being back home, like short rounds, you know, where you only got 10 days. It's not, it's maybe, you know, two times, like we'll get together in between that 10 day break. Since we're still four hours apart, we don't get to ride together a ton. Um, Like right now where we have like a three week to month break, you know, it's once, you know, or twice a week. Like I'll ride with them. It's a couple times between every round. Um, but you know, like I just say like, he treats me like family, like he'll keep in touch with me and make sure things are going good. Like make sure I got everything, um, helps me just with anything. Like, you know, just make sure my program is perfect and I'm ready to go for the weekend. Um, so I would say riding wise, it's like Florida was more like before the season we did, we rode probably four, like four times a week together. So it was. Anytime he rode, I was pretty much riding with him. And, you know, like you said, every, like I'm starting to pick up on, like, I kind of look like him. And that's been, like, we've worked on that for probably, I started riding him at the end of my 250 season. So two years now I've taken and just learned, like, how he rides and how the machine works. Like, for me, that's been the biggest thing is, learning how like the Yamaha is totally different than anything I've ever ridden like just how to make the machine turn and like how important my body position and stuff is so he's just really helped with that aspect of my riding style like we when I started riding with him we rode nothing alike like I love to just hit ride the rev box rip the clutch constantly and just burn the tires off and he would shake his head at me because Chad's style is so different where he's so mellow and just very good on his equipment. Like that's what he's taught me being out front. You know, if I was out front by 20 seconds before I was pushing to set the fastest lap of the race still, like I never like would just ease off. And he's just helped me like just with my maturity level of, all right, you know, you got a gap, like think about the bike. Like you don't have to ride the rev box if you don't have to like be easier on the clutch, like simple things. Absolutely. And it's crazy because it, I mean, it took him a lot of years to learn that. So he's kind of helping you. So you're way ahead of the curve. I mean, he was at 16 years old, he was kind of just starting to ride quads on a racetrack. And at 16, you're jumping to like 
I don't know, 10 years or eight years or whatever it is further into his career where you're already learning things that he had to kind of learn the hard way because he was hard on bikes at one point too. So um, super cool. And it just hit me in these last couple of races that you're riding more and more like him. Um, if I, if you blindfolded me, your throttle control and the way you manipulate the throttle and stuff sounds like Chad. So it's been, uh, it's been super cool. So you mentioned the pro class. Um, can you tell us kind of what's next? Will there be any changes the rest of this season? What's your plan for next season? What are you doing? Can you give us any info? Um, yeah, I mean, a little bit. Um, definitely planning on going pro next season. Like, I'm all set to go pro next weekend. Definitely staying on the Yamaha. Um, still, I mean, Chad's helped me this much so far. Like, I mean, I got to stay with him, like, so plan is as now to stick with Wiener Motorsports and kind of stay on the same program and to go pro next year. Working on maybe making a round this year. Not sure if that's going to work or not. So that's okay. still up in the air. I now, would love to. Now, is that, is, that, uh, is that a series thing? Because I know there's like an age limit or, or, how, or who's the, where's the hang up there? The hang-up is my age there. So okay. that's what I thought. Uh, now there has been exceptions. Um, I remember Cole Sepsi they made an exception for. So there's there's been exceptions before. So I'm curious to see what happens there. Because and that's kind of why I asked, because I, I mean I figured it was you were gonna go pro next year, but um I I would love to see you up the up there now. I feel like especially, you know, you're in the mix in the pro stock class, like you're you've proven like you belong there, you know? So um interested to see what happens there, I guess. Do you have a feeling on what will happen? Like a gut um, feeling? You know, I, I'm not really sure right now. I'm, I'm kind of torn on it. I don't really know. Um, I'm just, it's not up to me anymore. You know, like I'm preparing myself as much as I can, you know, pedaling, riding, like I'm trying to prepare myself as much as I can, hoping that, you know, you, I get the go ahead. But if I don't, you know, it's only going to help me for next year. So I'm kind of just sitting back and waiting to see what happens here. I mean, it's, it's totally not up to me. If it was, I mean, I'd be running at the next round. They'd let me. Um, so I would just like to get out there just to know, you know, like, I mean, I ride the pro stock class of these guys for seven laps and it's like, all right, you know, they're the top guys are definitely faster than me in spots, but you know, I would just like to know, you know, how do you stack up right now? Like, what do I, what, like, I just think to get that race and the nerves out of the way, like going into next year, knowing like, all right, this is what it's going to be like. Yep. And then being able to work on what I noticed were weak spots from if I'd get to go this year, but yeah. you know, um, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I guess we'll see uh, at the end of the year, if I end up in the pro class or not. So yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. And I think it, that's been beneficial for so many guys, uh, me included, going back to whatever year that would have been 2013, I think, where, you know, I went pro the last couple races. And yeah, like it just all off season, then you kind of know the process, you're kind of you're able to mentally prepare a little bit. So um, it helps you. You have an advantage that I never had with being tight with Chad and, um, and all that stuff and being in that pro stock class. I mean, when I lined up with, you know, with Chad Weenan or Thomas Brown for the first time, it was like, 
holy crap, that's Chad Weenan, you know, and now you've already done that. You're kind of tight with these guys too. And that probably helps, but yeah, I really hope that, uh, really hope that that happens. That'll be exciting. Cause you're exactly right. I mean, um, I think I have an idea of where you're going to stack up, but you, you like, you definitely want to, you want to see it. And I mean, you're still so young, but still for your whole life, you've had this goal of going pro and I have to believe that, uh, man, you just want to get out there. Oh yeah. I mean, this year, like the whole focus was pro and it was like, let's win pro am like, and now that it's over, like, it's like, all right, I won pro and this is awesome. It's like, but now it's like, I look back to that dream as a little kid, like I want to go pro. So now it's like, all right, as soon as I can, like, that'd be awesome if we can do it this year, just because of the fact, you know, like it's been the dream forever, like just to get to do it, it'd just be awesome. So, and like you said, I mean, I might have an idea of where I'm going to stack up, but it's a totally different ball game just with time qualifying and like just so much more riding in a day than I'm used to. So I think it would just be really good to figure out what that's like. So you know what to train for in your off season. Absolutely. No, you're, you're exactly right. But uh, I love where your mindset is. Um, I really hope that that happens. That'll be really exciting if you can get out there and uh, man, I'm just so stoked for you. So proud of you for the, the championship, of course, but also for, you know, how great of a young man you are. You have a great head on your shoulders. And I think the future is extremely bright for you both on and off the track. So uh, just super pumped for you, pal. Well, Thank you very much, Cody. I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for everything you do here too with the podcast and everything is super cool. So thanks for always having me on. Well, of course. Yeah. We had to get you on after the, after the season. And I, I was hoping we could get a little insight into the, into what was next. So I'm um, glad we got that, but congrats again on the win. Thanks for, uh, for your family's support of, of digging deep. You guys got some shirts and stuff. And uh, so we appreciate that and just know that, um, Man, we're always we're always pulling for you, buddy. We uh, you're you're one of the dudes that we're always kind of following along, and I feel like um, this is just the beginning, and I can't wait to cover you know kind of all your future success. So um, yeah, man, just super super appreciate everything you do to help us, and um, obviously thanks for your time with getting on here, and we look forward to having you on again when you blow our mind with your next move, champ. Thank you, Cody. Much appreciated. We'll uh, see you soon. All right, pal. Thanks so much. Wow. Four incredible guests tonight who helped us cover the biggest stories currently in ATV racing. Major thanks to tonight's guests, Joel Hetrick, Thomas Brown, Travis Moore, and freshly crowned Pro-Am champion, Max Lindquist. Thanks as well to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, who always finds time to fit the podcast into his busy schedule. Thanks, Dallas. Couldn't do without you. Thanks to Brooke, and thanks to AMA official Harv Whipple for all he does to assist us. Thanks to our sponsors, CST Tires, Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Wienan Motorsports, the Decker Training Facility, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Blenders Eyewear, Mountaineer Brand, Avocado Green Mattress, Roman Health, Factory 43, 
and Bikes, Trikes, and Quads, LLC. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. You can find all of our episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links and discount codes, our show merchandise, and more all on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. You guys continue to let us know how much you enjoy what we're doing here, and that's what keeps us going, justifying all the hard work we put into this. So many listeners stopped me in Virginia, and I saw so many of you repping our shirts. Honestly, it's still so surreal to me that you guys love the podcast this much. You seem to have a passion that matches ours, so thanks to all of you who religiously tune in week after week. You're the absolute best. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Basically, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. The show is available to anyone and everyone, so simply go to diggingdeepatvmx.com if you need help finding us on your preferred podcast provider. I mentioned our merch, and with fall coming, it's the perfect time to grab some of our fire Digging Deep hoodies. Available for purchase on our website today, you can show your support by wearing our apparel. Digging Deep shirts, hoodies, and more are available with free shipping and all proceeds going directly towards constant growth and improvement of the show. Thanks for all the support and for wanting to represent what we're doing here. Aside from our merch, if you're looking for an easy way to support the show, visit diggingdeepatvmx.com and click the Buy Me a Coffee button to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to help prompt continued growth and improvement of the show. Remember to call our voicemail line with questions, topic suggestions, business inquiries, and more. Our show number is 920-569-3519, so check that out if you want to hear yourself on an upcoming episode. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional behind-the-scenes content and insider info leading up to and at the races. You know I love the screenshots showing that you're listening, so send those in, and I promise to keep sharing them. It's a simple and effective way to help spread the word. I love sharing those screenshots. As always, be sure to subscribe to the show, give us a rating, tell your friends, share our posts, wear our shirts and hoodies. This helps us show our reach to our partners, and overall it helps spread word about us while helping grow the sport that we love. So I can't stress how important that is. If you enjoy what we're doing here, take a second to like, rate, and subscribe to help us stick around long into the future. The battle continues at Three Palms down in Texas on September 18th through the 20th. We're going to follow all the battles at the doubleheader and then come back to cover them leading into the season finale at South of the Border. I hope you enjoyed another awesome episode, and if you're new to us, check out our past shows with Chad Weenan, Joel Hetrick, Thomas Brown, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Doug Gust, Josh Creamer, Dustin Wimmer, Gary Denton, Dustin Nelson, and many more. With that, for Joel Hetrick, Thomas Brown, Travis Moore, Max Lindquist, Dallas Jansen, Brooke Catherine, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing, a million downloads and counting. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. guys were hauling ass for real i remember watching doug gus i don't know who it was steel city running the same times friday afternoon as james stewart was on sunday back then at steel city i i, I would need to check this out
I, I, I'm dead serious. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. It's not easy, Steve. It's not easy. Listen, JB. I <laughs> no, don't want to hear. It's, it's not easy. I don't want to hear. Quad leaders are freaking nice. You don't want two big red. What the? <laughs> like,